The Summit Spartans enter the 2020 season as the Region 5-5A favorites and a state title contender. The play from quarterback Destin Wade and a defense making timely stops hasn't changed the narrative nor the expectations. The first test for Spartan supremacy in the region may be its toughest on the road at Columbia tonight. Summit hasn't lost to the Lions, winning all five meetings beginning in 2015, despite first-half deficits the past two matchups. 2020 has certainly been a roller coaster of a season for everybody. And to add to the unusual vibe, did I mention the fairs in town? Yet the roar of the tractor pull and the smell of funnel cakes will be the backdrop of tonight's region tilt between Summit and Columbia. And it's next on TriStar Sports Radio. Summit Spartans football on the TriStar Sports Radio Network is brought to you in part by The Garbage Man, Parks Motor Sales, Ten Pin Alley, Sands Fence Company, DB's Pizza, Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram, Game Time, Right Care Clinic, Columbia and Franklin Kubota, Beck Dental Care, Holland's Pharmacy, Quickmark Convenience Stores, Brown's Body Shop, Davis Heating and Cooling, Apex Bank, and by Jimmy Petty and NashvillePlace.com. It's time for Spartans football with Matt Rogers. Here's Mike Epley. You are listening live to Summit Spartans broadcast for the first season on 101.7 FM, also on TriStarSportsRadio.com. Just click the link to listen. I'm Mike Epley, alongside color commentator for this season, 2000. One Rose Bowl champ with the Washington Huskies, Matt Rogers. We are just as excited to deliver it as you are to receive it. 77 degrees calm at Lindsey Nelson Stadium. Tonight, the 2-0 Spartans go on the road for their first region game of 2020 versus the 2-0 Columbia Lions. Speaking of weather, it's dictated the first two games for Summit. The Indy game was played in the rain, and Spring Hill game was scheduled for Friday, moved to Thursday, and then to Saturday. Besides the dominating performance, 28-7 win over Spring Hill Summit is wounded to say the least. And that's the storyline for the Spartans. It's the injury report. Keaton Wade, outside linebacker, out, foot injury. Brady Pierce, out, wide receiver safety, shoulder sprain. Sam Kerouac, running back, out, ankle sprain. Matthew Mullins, left tackle, out, concussion. Noah Phelps, corner, out, hamstring. Cooper Hall, punter. Out. Caleb Jolly, thought to be ruled out in midweek, will play, but it's going to be defense. One positive is Canada Works will be back at corner. So let's all digest that for the biggest game of the season so far, and we'll bring in Matt. How's it go, my friend? Matt Rogers out. Just bit his lip. I cannot continue the rest of the night, Mike. I am so <laughs> sorry. I got some of I've. No, man. Uh, Look at tonight is going to be a huge night for Summit. It's their biggest game of the year, to say the least. How are they going to overcome these injuries? Look, let me break it down for you from a coaching standpoint. I know that coach, they got in the war room on Monday to analyze the situation. Now, typically you'd say, listen, we lost a guy at this position. We're just going to go with the backup. Not true. You don't go with your backup. You go with your next best player and I'll explain what I mean by that. For an example, on the offensive line, your starting left tackle, Mullen, is down. So do you go to your backup left tackle? No. 
You go to your next best player, which is Jack Bauer, your right guard. So you move your stud right guard, Cooper Cook, to left tackle to cover Mullen. Now back Bauer is at the right guard, and that's how you do every position. That running back you're going to see tonight featuring John Dippold is going to get his first start. Here's the funny thing about that. Dippold is a free safety. He's had one carry the entire year, but why is he starting running back tonight? Because he's the next best player. I asked Coach Coleman why Dippold. He said because he knows the wing tee and he knows how to read gaps and hit the hold hard. So could be a big night and definitely a big debut for Dippold. Let's break down the wide receiver position for the Summit Spartans. Your best receivers, Brady Pierce, Caleb Jolly, like you said, they're out. You're going to see a little bit of number two Caleb Jolly tonight, but only on defense. So what do you do? You move to your next best player, which is your backup tight end, Tanner Shake. He's going to move to the starting tight end, and you're going to move your starting tight end, Maddox Reed, to the wideout. So tonight, you're going to see a completely different offensive personnel for the Summit Spartans. We'll talk about the defense in a few minutes when we break that down. Yeah, fast forward to tonight. The Spartans head south to Lindsey Nelson Stadium to tangle with the Lions of Columbia. The series started back in 2014, and Summit head coach Brian Coleman is 5-0. and zero. With that being said, the Spartans have struggled in the first half in the last two games versus Columbia. But here are the scores. Last year, 34-14. 2018, 30-21. 2017, 48-27. 2016, 57-6. And 2015, 42-7. Matt, does this play a factor in tonight's game, what I just stated? The 5-0 factor absolutely plays a factor. And to be honest with you, man, I don't want to be the boo bird here, but it does not favor Summit. It favors Columbia Central. I'm going to tell you why. Imagine you're a senior on Columbia Central's team right now, you hate Summit. You're in your hometown and you're in your house right now, and you haven't beat this team. And on top of that, you got a chance to take down one of the top teams for state, and they want this game better than anyone, I can tell you. So Summit has to be careful not to take it for granted. I told you, you know, coming from California, uh, me growing up, there was a huge team in NorCal called De La Salle. Some of you listeners might remember De La Salle in the late 90s, all through the 2000s. They won on a 151-game win streak. They even wrote a book about it. And uh, one of the best high school coaches maybe ever, Bob Latasur, he even said, everything comes to an end. And what I mean by that is Summit's got to know one of his best quotes is, one year's success does not guarantee the next year's success. So that's what Summit has to know, that tonight they have a bigger target on their back than they've ever had before. And Columbia Central, man, this is not going to be a layover. And, and I'll end with this. Coach Coleman told me, man, he said, over the past few years, we've always had to bump our guys up, give them confidence, make them feel like they, you know, that they're the big dogs on the field. He goes, this year's different, man. He goes, they're walking with a different swag, which is great, but he might be a little bit afraid that they're a little too overconfident tonight. And as a high school kid, you know, you're thinking, oh, we're 5-0 and against this team. You don't want that to happen to Summit, and it could. I don't think it will. I hope it doesn't, but it could. As we are two weeks into the 2020 season, quarterback Destin Wade is the focal point for the Spartans. Summit eked by Indy 40-34 to with just 22 seconds in the game one. Wade went over 500-yard mark plateau in total offense. 
Last week, Coach Coleman throttled back Wade, and now he's going to lift the governor on the Trans Am tonight versus Columbia. So we mentioned Coach Coleman and how run-oriented he will be. But Columbia's defense will come in in a 3-4, possibly a 4-4 versus Summit. You're going to hear a lot of Antoine Moore. Might be the MVP of the region. He's a wrecking ball. Don't sleep on the big man in the middle as well. Carter Sidlowski. Also, there's a lot of experience returning at linebacker, but the jury's still out in the secondary for the Lions. So let me read off some stats here. Summit versus uh, Indy. Wade had 257 yards passing, and Pierce had 140 yards receiving. Rushing for a team, 322 yards. Wade had 249 of it, 28 first downs. Last week versus Spring Hill, Coach Coleman was pleased with the blocking and throwing of Wade. Also, as uh, Matt mentioned, Maddox Reed, the ability to get open downfield and mentioned him being a great route runner. Coleman didn't know that at the start of the season. He also has a backup, Matt mentioned, Tanner Shake will come in and play a lot tonight. He still isn't pleased, though, as I move to the Spring Hill game with the run blocking of Summit and the overall running game besides Wade. The reason Wade didn't play in the second half, he wanted to rest him if Summit got up by 21 points. If they got up just by 14, he would have inserted Wade back in the game. So Wade's stats at halftime, literally 238 yards, two touchdowns, Reed 56 yards receiving, King 53 yards and a touchdown. The overall team, only 123 rushing yards on 40 attempts, 22 first downs, and Kerouac 13 of 35. That's just not going to cut it. So, Matt, you can kind of break down for a minute or two what Columbia is going to look like defensively going to get Summit's offense. I think you're exactly right, Epley. We're going to come out, and and I saw them practicing against the 3-4 defense. So you're going to see a three-man front for you listeners. What's that mean? That just means your three defensive linemen are down with their hands down a three-point stance. The four behind it is your four linebackers. So they're going to get a 3-4 defense, and what they're going to try to do, man, they're going to try to stop the run. And they actually, Columbia also lines up on what's called like a split middle I don't understand it. I'm not going to pretend or try to make it like I do understand it. It's basically you take those two inside tackles, you line them up outside of the guards, and then you move your middle linebackers inside of the tackles. It's called a split middle. I'm guessing they do that to stop the middle game run, but I don't know if that's going to be very effective. But like you said, number 33, Antoine Moore, that is going to be the difference maker. you got big number 56 that knows Carter Sidlowski. Uh, Wisconsin has offered that kid. Uh, he's going to be a big battle up front. And i got to tell you, man, the, the tackles, Cooper Cook and Ryan Smith, have a big, big game on their shoulders tonight because Antoine Moore is going to flip back and forth. And I got to tell you, man, when we go pass pro, Ryan Smith needs to take good sets because that Antoine Moore kid is going to come fast up the field and he's got to wheel him outside. Speaking of the pass, I love Summit's wide receivers tonight against Columbia Central's DBs. I'll tell you why. You can expect a big game tonight. From number 10, we talked about him last week. Yeah, we did. The little workhorse. Imagine, like, Wes Welker when he was a high schooler. 
he, number 10, Brandon King, he's never going to come off the field. And he's like the sleeper of this Indy offense, man. He came out against Indy two weeks ago with two huge touchdowns. He didn't come off the field at all last week. And I'm telling you, I expect a big game tonight out of Brandon King. It's going to be Wade's favorite receiver. I'm predicting six catches, 65 yards, and a tub for number 10, my boy, Brandon King. The defense for Summit. Giving up 423 yards of offense to Indy, but Indy didn't score on their last three possessions. Two were three and out. As I mentioned, Coach Coleman's got the full trust in Melton. Overall, he said we were sloppy that game and didn't have gap discipline. We talked about it. So let's move to Spring Hill. 162 total yards of offense. Only scored on one big play as Bolin connected with Kelly for a 53-yard touchdown pass with two minutes left until halftime, and that was it. Columbia's offense will be the ground and pound. First-year offensive coordinator Scott Tillman says that's what they're going to do. There's no secret to the Lions. They're going to try to establish the running game with junior tailback Christian Biggers and control the clock for Mr. Wade and company. How's that matchup? We've got about a couple of minutes left. I'll tell you this. I mean, you said it. The highlight for Columbia Central's offense is going to be that number, uh, that running back number two, Christian Biggers. He's a really, really good running back, and he is behind a big O-line. They are going to want to run outside of their two big tackles up front. You're going to expect a lot of stretch plays tonight, some sweeps. Again, the offensive line for Columbia Central is big. And they have two really good, really big outside tackles. So they're going to try to get to the outside of that. It's going to be a big night for Summit's defensive line up front. Now, typically, we see Summit in a three-man front, but they switched it up tonight. Again, you go with your best players. What do you do when one of your best defensive line goes down? Well, you put another one in there. They're going to stop the run tonight by running a 4-3 defense. That's four men down front, and they're going to move up Johnny Sloan and Mason Richardson. We talked about Mason. He's the one that looks like uh, what we got, like Fabio and and Brett Michaels morphed into a beautiful, gorgeous-haired football player. So he he looks like a mini Kevin Green out there. So we're going to see that tonight, and it's going to be a really, really big night for those inside guys. And then – you know, our best defensive line, uh, Jesse Brimmeyer, are, they moved him to the outside. So you're going to see a little bit of Trey Hunter, the starter, on the outside. But more so, Jesse is going to make that defense at the defensive end spot. And, uh, man, I'm excited, as you can tell. We're about to kick off here. Yeah, we'll stay here, uh, Terry. We'll stay here. 101.7, we appreciate you tuning in. TriStarSportsRadio.com. As we uh, about to kick off, 30 seconds. Matt, the keys to the game for Summit to bring home the victory. 30 seconds, keys to the game. Don't get down early. Do not say, oh, well, we've been down before. We can come back again. Don't do it tonight. I talked to Coach Coleman. He said, I feel like we had a better team than Columbia Central last year, and I feel like we had a better team than Columbia Central in 2018. This year, Matt, I feel like we have an even team. Mm. So if we get down, it ain't going to be easy to get back up. And then lastly, man, Take the governor off Wade, which he's going to. Man, Destin Wade might have a field day tonight. Well, here we go. Columbia Central will be all in purple. Purple jerseys, purple pants. The road team, Summit. Blue pants, white jerseys, blue numbers. As the ball will go 
to Brandon King at the 18-yard line, up the middle, and here comes King, and he squirts to the 34-yard line, and that's where Summit will take over behind junior quarterback Destin Wade, six foot five, 215 pounds. Starting tailback is John Dipple. They're going to move him in from safety. Uh, center will be Tyler Garber, and moving over to the right side, Jack Bauer and Ryan Smith will have their work cut out. Left side, Sam Jewell, and we'll move Cooper Cook to left tackle. Starting tailback, as we mentioned, Dipple off the right hip of Mr. Wade. Man in motion will be Snyder, lays down on the right side. It's going to be a toss out to Dippled. He's got some room. Dippled bangs his way for nine yards, and that's where Dippled will go behind the block of we have King out, Brandon King there, Zach Switzer, and Austin Harvey will get the start. Matt, we saw Austin Harvey come in at quarterback. We saw Austin Harvey come in at quarterback right there for the toss. I like what they did. They motioned down Maddox Reed from the outside, and he made a fantastic stretch block, and they were able to pick up a gain of about nine. Nice job. Yeah, Dippled ran it, and they're going to fake it to him this time. Wade, oh, he one hops one, and I don't know if it was tipped. If it wasn't, that was a terrible pass. I'll set it the way it is to Zach Switzer. Now it's third and one for Coleman on the 44. I don't like it. You, you want to get – your quarterback, you want Wade to be comfortable tonight. And like you said, number 33, that wrecking ball, he's going to be coming up field quickly. That big nose tackle is going to be coming up quickly. you got to get Wade comfortable early, and that was a pressure bad throw. He had guys in his face, didn't like it. 11-15, start of the game, 0-0. Zero to zero. Wade's going to pull out three people to the left side, one to the right. Wade is the one of the biggest recruits in high school football. Wade jukes one, jukes two, and here he comes. Three, four. Five, and the sixth man takes him down at the 42-yard line, and his helmet goes off in a face mask. Yeah, as you can see right there, Columbia Central, man, like we said, they're not going to lay down. They're going to come. They're going to be nasty with the personal foul right there, grabbing Wade's face mask, ripping off his helmet after he juked about seven of their players. And that's the thing, man. Even if Columbia Central keys on the offense and has guys in a position to make a play, how do you stop Destin Wade? He's a man amongst boys out there. He looks like Cam Newton. And the penalty will go against Columbia, and that's not what the defense wants to do. Columbia only giving up five yards. or I'm sorry, check that, five points per game for the Lions. So a big deal here is Wade will start. Columbia giving up five points, scoring 25 offensively. Summit scores 34 and giving up 20 and a half. And here comes Wade, he hands it off, and it's going to be out to the outside. Off the left tackle where they put Cook is Dippold going for eight. Man, I'm telling you, Maddox Reed is off to a great start tonight as a blocker. Again, he's the starting tight end. They moved him to the wide out, and what they're doing is they're motioning him around, putting him back on the line as kind of like a sleepy blocker. And Coach Coleman told me, man, I love the way Maddox Reed blocks, and that's going to show good for those college recruits down the road, not knowing or you know, not just thinking he's one-dimensional tight end. He could block, too. Antoine Moore's on the right side, and they're going to go away from him again, and here comes Wade. Wade's going to hop one, and he gets upended. He gained two. It's going to be another third and one. Yeah, a little bit short right there. Nice pop by Columbia Central's defense, and you can see they want to take as many shots on Wade as they can tonight. I want to see the offensive line get dirty, nasty. I want to see some upfield blocks tonight. 
Third and one on the 30. It's zero to zero. First quarter, here comes Wade. Wade breaks through. Wade, Destin Wade down to the five-yard line from the 20. That's a 15-yard scamper. Great job up front. It looked like a little quarterback trap. You got the right guard pulling right there. Wade right up the middle. Beautiful hole. Nice job up front. 940, zero to zero. First drive in the red zone. Wade again. Wade bounces off one, and he's in. Destin Wade will score from five yards. I think Coach Coleman knows that the draw is going to work tonight. It looked like a simple quarterback draw. You widen those splits out up front. Basically what that means is instead of being tight next to each other as an offensive line, you widen out a little bit. What does that do? It widens out the defense. It opens up the the lane. You got the best quarterback in Tennessee running right up the gut for the touchdown. And here we go. This is what we need to work on, Summit fans. It's Crane. The snap is down. It maybe got deflected, and we'll see how many times they do that. Then conversion is no good. We'll take a commercial break. 9.30, 6-0. You are listening to Summit Spartans Football on TriStar Sports Radio Network. You're listening to Summit Spartans Football on the TriStar Sports Radio Network. Once again, here's Mike Eppley. Again, it's 9.00. Quarter. 6-0, it's Summit ahead of Columbia, and Matt will throw it to you quickly. They're going to run dippled left and right. They like to run left. They're running away from more, but it's the wage show right now is that draw is hard to defend. Yeah, I, uh, I, was a, I was surprised to not see more pass plays. We only saw one pass play for an incomplete. They literally ran the entire way down the field. Offensive line's doing a phenomenal job up front. They're giving holes for Destin Wade. He made a couple big plays by himself. But, man, you got to give credit to the big boys up front. They're doing a great job so far. And that just looked like a varsity team against a freshman team on that one. I mean, if it's any indication, Summit's in for a big night. And that's what you don't want if you're Columbia Lion fans. That's not good if you can't stop Wade. And the kick will be from Crane. And it's going to be a short one down at the 35-yard line. Whoa, get down. Blaine Davis, he's the tight end, caught it at the 43. So that's where the offense will come out under Brady McCandless as the senior quarterback. So a little bit of change. Brim Myers in the middle. Trey Hunter will go. He had um, blood work done, came back. Um, good, so he was cleared, and Maddox Reed will come up on the line. Linebackers Zach Switzer, Gavin Wells, Jacob Turner, and Jolly. As we mentioned, Jolly will play on defense. So Brady McCandless stands up at six foot four. He's grown so much. Number eighteen got a little headband on as well. Going to flip it out to the right side and a nice open field tackle. As we got Jolly out there on the tackle. So a gain of about three as we finish off the secondary. Ja'Kalen Cotton will be one. Kaneda Works will be another. And then you will have Austin Gruders and Aiden Bird will be the secondary. So a nice tackle there, Matt, as Jolly came out to the outside to help his teammate. Yeah, right there at the end you said Aiden Bird. The reason for the hesitation is I mean, he's a sophomore and he hasn't been getting a lot of run on defense, but I talked to Melton yesterday at practice. He's expecting Bird to step up for Pierce tonight, and they're going to run a lot of man coverage, so you might see Columbia sling the ball more. And they're going to sling it, and it's complete. And he's got a lot of open field, and he's tumbling and stumbling his ways. Blaine Davis, I mentioned, 
He's a big player, and he got a good game for Columbia. I asked Melton yesterday, what is your biggest concern on defense? He said, Matt, it's the play action. They're running a man defense. They're trying to stop the run, which Columbia Central has not even ran yet. They haven't even ran a run play. And right there, play action to the right side. Quarterback rolls out to the left. The uh, slot receiver, 44, is wide open for a first down and more. 829 first quarter here come the lions uh in oh we have a little bit of movement on the left tackle and they're going to flag him and that the left tackle would be lewis maddox on that play he just wanted to get a little head start and they, the official said you're not doing that tonight so they're going to back him up 829 6-0 summit leads columbia both teams undefeated 2-0 but this is a region game so if you're listening these are the games that matter the other ones are tune-up games. you got to have this one. And as you mentioned, uh, Matt, Mason Richardson is now in the game in the middle. Yeah, I'm a little surprised. Yesterday when I was at practice, uh, Trey Hunter, number four, was not running with the first team. He had some cramp issues last week, but he's been starting at DN, and uh, they're running with him. First and 15, they're going to throw it. Whoa, and over the head of Jace Holth, who tried to cross right in front of McCandless. McCandless taps his knee and says, I want that one back. So, yeah, back to the defensive line. They're going to run that four-man front. Obviously, your stud is big number 40 right up there. That's Jesse Brimmeyer. I thought they were going to play him more at defensive end. That's what they did yesterday in the walkthrough, but they moved him down to inside where he is the A-gap beast, and it's obviously because Trey Hunter's back in the game. Tonight you're going to see if Trey Hunter has to come out, they're going to move Johnny Sloan back into the uh, inside, and they're going to move uh, Brimmeyer out to the outside. Stephen Kennard, he returns a receiver. Actually, they're going to put three on the – Left side, and they're going to throw it again, and it's low. And number 28, Ryan Patterson had to go down to get it, and he gained one yard. So now it is not ideal for Columbia. Third and 14 on Summit's 36. I'd be shocked here if I saw Melton go to a man defense. You can almost take it to the bank that they're going to air it out. I would love to see a big sack right here by one of those defensive linemen up front because – to be honest with you, Summit's not going to blitz too much tonight. They're going to play conservative. They're going to eyeball the run. And, uh, you know, typically they're going to run man, but I don't think that's going to happen on this. They probably cover two or cover three. The ball will be going towards the concession stand. If you're familiar with Lindsey Nelson Stadium, the student section is a hopping. 740, Summit leads 6 0. They're going to throw it. Pressure, and it's complete, but it will be three yards short. So I'm assuming Coach Hoth will go for this. Yeah, uh, complete on number 17, Aaron Bur- or Aiden Bird. Sorry. Remember, this is his time to shine, man. This is a sophomore getting his run in there, and he was in perfect position. It was a good pass play by Columbia Central. They were in a cover one, which means there's one safety over the top for help on those cornerbacks that are running man coverage. Here we go. Fourth and three. Columbia elects to go for it. Summit. Lines down, ready for the snap. This is a big down. No pressure across the middle, and it's incomplete. And they're going to call pass interference. And that I don't know about that call. Is that it was not catchable? It definitely wasn't catchable. But the linebacker number thirty-four, Jacob Turner, he had hands on him. So, if we were in Spartan Stadium, maybe that call wouldn't have happened. That might be a little. Uh, Home field advantage call. So technically, he had his hands on him, but uh, it was definitely uncatchable. I uh, probably wouldn't have called that one. They're going to call pass interference. I'll tell you what, Spartans. Epley, I want to see more pressure by the defensive line, man. If you're not going to blitz, 
you got to bring the pressure. But, again, Columbia Central has a big offensive line, and they are good. Summit's D-line's got to make some plays. On the 14-yard line, Columbia will get it, and now they're going to run the smokestack eye formation, and Biggers gets it for the first time. They're not going to run him. I believe there was movement on Columbia. Yeah. I believe that's the call, but we'll wait with 6.46. Yeah, it's going to be a false start. They should have stopped the whistle and not even ran the play. Maybe they did and we didn't hear it. But, again, if Columbia Central is going to run the ball, they're going to run it to the outside with their tackles. Uh, Summit is ready for that. They stopped them there either way, and it looks like uh, they're going to replay the down at uh, with 15 yards to go. I give uh, Columbia credit here, Matt. They're taking time off the clock, and that means Mr. Wade's got to sit down and watch it. Yeah, you said it pregame. That's Columbia Central's, you know, go-to. They want to drain the clock, and you can't blame them. I don't want Destin Wade on the field if I'm coaching against them. Smokestack eye, three backs in a line, and here we go. Biggers will bounce his way to the 15-yard line. He gains three. Yeah, nice tackle right there by number six on Summit. They ran a nice, simple uh, toss play to the left side. You got the fullback. I like that offense because it's your old-school fullback. Typically, that's your nasty guy that's about 5'8", 5'9", but loves to hit linebackers, and he did a great job right there. Um, They didn't gain much, but, um, you know, they're trying to run to the outside like we talked about. Sideline warning against Columbia. 6.20 first quarter. Wind the clock. Six for Summit. Zero for Columbia. Second down and 13 on the 15-yard line. So Melton needs to get his defense off the field. Yeah, you could feel the tension in the air right now for Summit. It just it just feels bigger tonight, man. It's awesome. There's the play action. And here comes McCandless. He's rolling and pressure intercepted. The pass is intercepted. McCandless just threw it up in the air, and it was intercepted by the Spartans. So here comes Wade. That's a big play. That's a huge play. That's number 11, or I'm sorry, number 18. That's Austin Gruders back there at the free safety. He didn't bite on the play action. Trey Hunter, defensive end, put pressure on the quarterback, and that was a pressure interception. He had big Hunter in his face, threw the ball up in the air. Right there, your quarterback's coaching you to tell you, hey, when you're in that situation, you got to take the sack because this is what happens. And uh, unfortunately for Columbia Central, they just turned a big drive into a turnover. I called it a Trans Am. This might be a Ferrari. But he's out there, and that's Wade. And Wade will hand it off. Man in motion, stops, get tackled. Uh, that play really hasn't worked all season. Switzer goes backwards for four yards. So the interesting thing here now is Switzer is the running back. Uh, Dippled, who we featured in the beginning tonight, the running back, something happened on the first drive. I don't know. He came up hobbling. He was the placeholder for the PAT, which was obviously no good, and he is limping around on the field and did not get the carry right there. He, he, I don't know if he's going to get a lot tonight now. 5-14, 6 for Summit, 0 for Columbia, and here comes the Ferrari. Downfield he goes, and that's a gain of about 8 as he took two steps to the 20. Now it's third down and 4. It's really, really a pleasure to watch him run because he's so big and he's so fast. Man, it's like uh, when, when I coach my kids, you know, fourth grade flag football team and I get out there and run with them and I feel like I'm good again you know running with those little kids that's that's what it looks like when Wade's out there man great run 440 first quarter summit leads by six man in motion that's king across 
Wade's back, Wade's back. Wade's going to run it. He's going to try to get it, and he's taken down, and it might be a penalty. It's the horse collar. No, they're going to say, wow, what a play to stop Wade at two and a half yards short. Yeah, one of the big concerns there, your right tackle, Ryan Smith. I mentioned it in the pregame. Not taking a good set. The wrecking ball, as you called him, Moore, number 33, the DN on the outside, put pressure on Wade, made him step up in the pocket, and then unfortunately they dragged him down for the sack. It'll be a three and out, four minutes first quarter. And we, and we have, I believe, John Dipple back there to kick it. That is interesting. Is that Dipple? And he, yes, Dipple. it will. And he's hobbling, man. And it's going to be picked up by Kennard. Makes one miss, and down he goes at the 40. We're going to take a commercial break. You're listening to Summit Spartans Football and TriStar Sports Radio Network. This is Summit Spartans Football on the TriStar Sports Radio Network. Welcome back in. High school football is back, and TriStar Sports Radio has you covered. Going Dave P. Pant and a cast of dozens for TriStar Friday Night Live. Tune in to Friday nights following our coverage of Summit Spartans football for scores from across southern middle Tennessee and hear the games from those that were there. TriStar Friday Night Live covers high school football as it happens and reaction after the lights turn off. Welcome back in, Mike Epley and Matt Rogers. 3.41 left in the first quarter. It's six to zip, but Columbia on their second possession because Summit didn't do anything offensively on their second possession. Yeah, that's interesting. You're not going to see that too much from Summit, and uh, we saw three and out there. you got to give credit to Columbia Central's defense. They ran their 3-4. They brought their wrecking ball on the outside. Again, right tackle's got to do a better job in pass sets or he's going to have a long night. McCandless will send Davis in motion right to left. Shotgun, low snap, gets to Biggers. He's going to juke his way and run in to Wells at linebacker, a gain of two. I got to say, man, I love the way that Summit (laughs) D-line has come out. They're banging. They're getting penetration, which basically means they are pushing that big offensive line backwards. You see the big plays tonight for Columbia Central have not come on the ground. It's come in the air. And so far, the run game for Columbia Central is not working, and it's credit to that defensive line for Summit. Three minutes, nine seconds, first quarter. 6-0 is the score. Summit leads Columbia in a big region game here at Lindsey Nelson Stadium. Man in motion across, and it will be the sweep. And a little bit of hole on the outside, and that's a good run for about 11 yards from Buckman, the senior. Welcome to Tennessee, Justin Buckman from Michigan. This is Big tonight for Columbia Central. This kid is unknown. You can't scout for him. Nobody knows anything about him. He just transferred here from Michigan, and rumor on the street is he is a stud. He's got his first carry in the state of Tennessee, and it's for a big first down. It is now to the 44 of Summit, 2.30 left in the first quarter. Summit has a six-point cushion. McCandless looks right, pressure, down. Down he goes. 
And they just ate him up on the inside, and it's Matt's guy, wild man, Mason Richardson. The electric mullet strikes again. The junior, (laughs) Mason Richardson, penetration up the gut, working those guards on the inside for a huge sack, loss of eight. Well done, big Mason. Mason in the middle is big time, and he helps out with his other compadres, uh, Brim Meyer, some of the other guys up front, and Hunter's out there as well. So 150, and that sets Columbia back. That's a huge loss. So now it's second down, and let's call it 18 on the 48 of Columbia. They're gonna Columbia will break the huddle trips left, single back off the right of McCandless. Pressure, he's got it in his face again, and almost intercepted again. I don't know if that was to uh, Davis or canard but it's incomplete here's what's really cool Apley. remember i don't know what year it was i want to say like 2007 or something when the bucks played the raiders in the super bowl and gruden had just left the raiders and he went to the bucks and they won and everyone's like we knew their plays we knew every play that was going on i'm telling you columbia central is running the exact plays that summit was practicing yesterday summit d is running a man defense and they're on these guys so i mean it's Kind of impressive to watch, man. And Melton has done a really good job preparing these kids for this Columbia Central offense. Well, here we go. Shotgun third and 18 from the 48. They're going to need to go a long way. And that is incomplete off the left hand of Buckman. And it will be a punt with 124 left in the first quarter. Summit leads by six. So I'll tell you, the, uh, the pass was intended for number 11 right there. We just talked about yep. him, Justin Buckman. Just transferred from Michigan. I got as a you know as a summit announcer, I got a little pit in my stomach about this guy. I think he's really good. He he looks different. He's running crisper routes, and they're going to him. They're going to call his number tonight, and uh, you just you don't want the ball in that kid's hands because you can tell they're going to him. And the punt by Canards and end over end caught at the twenty yard line by Switzer will stay here with one seventeen, and now Electric Wade. He's going to have to do the slide around and get back out there for Summit. Yeah, so uh, they're not used to three and outs. It's going to be really – I'm really curious to see how Summit's offense responds right here. Looks like they're coming out in another single back, tight end, and uh, two receivers to the right side, and and they're going to run that read zone probably to the the right-hand side. 117-6-0 is the score. Wade – about three yards back we'll hand to high cotton cotton comes across and he'll get it and for about eight yards it's a nice run by cotton it's good to see him back at running back it is good to see him back at running back and it's kind of like you know is, is coleman going against one of his philosophies of not letting guys go both ways because i'm seeing um i'm seeing number 42 big maddox reed play dn and wide out and then now you have cotton quarterback going back to running back but he's hands down the fastest running back on the field for some yeah and he might want the cushion Right. 140, uh, 47 seconds, first quarter. Wade, lead draw. Wade, here he comes through the middle, and he gets upended at the 38-yard line, not before Wade goes for about nine. Yeah, you see uh, the left uh, left guard there, uh, big Sam Jewell, pulling around, kicking out. Nice counter, and uh, it gave Wade the running room that he needed. O-line, man, they're doing a great job up front for the run game so far. They're, they're open up lanes. So Wade's obviously a fantastic player, can make people miss, can run people over, can outrun anybody on the field. 
but he also is getting the holes tonight, and I'd like to see them now balance it out and start feeding number 10, Brandon King, the rock a little bit. Yeah, we haven't seen a lot of passing from Summit just yet. Man in motion is who you mentioned. It will be King, and they will hand a cotton a big hole, gets off one tackler, and that's Harvey, and that's a gain of six, and that the horn blows, and that's going to do it for the first quarter. Six for Summit, zero for Columbia. You are listening to Summit Spartans Football on TriStar Sports Radio Network. You're listening to Summit Spartans Football on the TriStar Sports Radio Network. Once again, here's Mike Eppley. Thanks, JP. Second quarter action will start Lindsey Nelson Stadium. Joined by Matt Rogers, 6-0 Summit on their third drive of the game. Scored on the first, didn't do much on the second, a three and out. And now a first down from Wade and Cotton getting six yards. So it's second down and four on the 43 of Summit. Yeah, it's good to see that Coleman is playing the game that he wants to play, which is the run game. It's kind of like, why go to the pass when I can run up the field? And uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they have over 100 yards rushing so far. I'll check on that and get back to you. But uh, the run game's definitely working for the Spartans. Motion is Switzer, and Wade will fake it and hand it off. And here he comes again. Wade goes for about seven. Yeah, right there. They just had the fake Fake fly sweep, if you will. They sent Switzer in motion from one side of the field to the other. They fake the handoff to him. Get that defense flowing in the outside of direction of where Switzer's going. Fake that handoff. And then you got Wade on the left side. The thing that I'm surprised at is it doesn't seem like Columbia Central has anybody keying on Wade. I'm <laughs> they, tell- hang on. Hang on. They, I, might, I hate to cut you off. They might. They might. But, but, <laughs> but there's a big but here. He is big and he's fast. I and just... I just don't see him getting touched until the second level, which is like five, six yards deep. 11-20, second quarter. Summit 6-0 across the middle. Got it. Maddox Reed hit hard, but he's going to hold on to it at the 30-yard line. A big play from Wade for about 20 yards. I'm telling you, I don't know what Maddox Reed's parents are feeding him, but it's something with nails and rocks and maybe a little bit of whole milk because he took a shot right there in his back, held onto the ball. That's a big-time catch for a high school football player. No fear. He hasn't come off the field on either side of the ball, and that puts Summit in a great position to score right here. Yeah, I think that's going to be one of uh, Wade's favorite targets. He's been out there with him, and Dipple gets it back. Dipple cuts it up. Dipple to the other side and he's down at the 12 great job john dipple to the outside nice little jukey juke looks like his ankle is feeling well i'm happy for that kid man again he got his first nod tonight starting at running back and that's one uh, that is his biggest run of the year which is going to set up for uh, what could be a touchdown drive right here on the 12 yard line as i mentioned both receivers out so wade's got to do it without them lead draw here comes wade he's going to bounce his way down to the one Call me crazy, but that is the exact play that they ran at the end of the Indy game after Wade came back into the game from being cramped up for the winning touchdown. You got two backs right there. It's almost like a, a lead. A, yeah, like yeah. a wishbone, and they just run it right up. And you got a whistle. Uh, Wade wanted to fire the ball quickly, and I believe, yep, uh, Columbia. No, they're going to call a timeout on Summit. So we'll take the commercial break. 10-18 left in the second quarter. Six for Summit, 
0-0 for Columbia. You're listening to Summit Spartans Football and TriStar Sports Radio Network. This is Summit Spartans Football on the TriStar Sports Radio Network. Welcome back live at Lindsey Nelson Stadiums. 10-18 left in the second quarter. Summit first and goal on the two-yard line. I can You can probably guess maybe what's going to happen is number one will bring out the team, three wide receivers, and Dipple will be off the right hip as Wade will run it. And Jeez. let me hear you back in <laughs> Summit. Touchdown as Destin Wade oh will go untouched. God. It was interesting because before the timeout, they went under the center, ran the quarterback sneak. This time they backed him up in the shotgun with the single back, spread out the receivers in the field to open up the lane. And, man, a linebacker met Destin Wade right at the goal line, and it did not end well for the guy in the purple jersey. Coach Coleman elects to go for two, so Wade will stay out. 12-0 is the score and man in motion will be king left to right. Now that makes trips off the right side. Wade's going to throw it in the end zone, and he got it. King. And the conversion goes to king. So Wade to king. We will stay here uh, with 10-11 left until halftime. It's 14 to zip. Let's go back to Wade. If you lose Jolly, you lose Pierce. Those are your outside guys. You do have King and Switzer, but that's about it, and you're tight end. I think that's another reason why we're not seeing a lot of passing early for Summit. Yeah, absolutely. Um, he just it, – it, it's not rocket science here. You have hands down the best player on the field, and it's not even close. They can do it every single play. The question now is potentially – I don't want to get too ahead of myself, but – when do you pull them out? Like, is it going to be like, you know, last game because you're already at 14? And the point I'm trying to make is you can do it every play. They, they're not stopping him. They're not tackling him. The offensive line's doing a great job. This is exactly what Coach Coleman wanted to do, win the game up front. Because they told me, they said, we think we have better skill players than them. But we think up front, it is an, it's an even match. So the big focus tonight was, can our offensive line beat up their defensive line? And so far, it's looking really good for some. They've done a great job, which has given Wade those lanes. And, man, has he taken advantage of it. 14 zip. It's the score in the second quarter. 10-11 has Summit ahead of Columbia. We mentioned this in the pregame, the series 5-0. to zero. Summit leads Columbia. And now you got the big machine gun at quarterback for Summit. As the return will come out to Buckman. And Buckman is doing a lot here for Columbia. He gets out to the 29. But here's the dilemma for Coach uh, Scott Tillman, the offensive coordinator. You're thinking, if I don't get points now and Wade gets it back, this could get out of hand quick. Yeah, absolutely. And I know that uh... – I know that Coleman has to feel like, you know, being down 14-0, 21-0 and past, he probably feels like he's up 28-0 right now because he might consider that he was going to be down. So uh, this is good for him. But but to your point, uh, I think you got to start airing the ball out because the run is definitely not working. There's number 11. And this is what we call the pop pass. The pop pass has been 
um, made famous last couple of years. It's a loss of two, but if it hits the ground, it's incomplete. That's why people do it. Yeah, it's an ex- you mentioned it. It's an extended handoff, is what it is. Yep, you just pop that pass up uh, instead of handing it off, because technically, if the ball leaves the quarterback's hands and it touches nobody before it touches the next receiver, it's technically a pass. So forward, yes. yeah. God forbid if it fell like it did last week, it's not a fumble. It's just a dead ball, and that's why they do it. But it did not pay off for Columbia Central right there. Nine twenty-seven left, fourteen zip until halftime. Summit in control on the road at Lindsey Nelson. The handoff will be to Biggers, and I'll tell you, when they're driving the tackle and the, the left guard, or should I say the left tackle and the tight end all the way to the backfield, Biggers is lucky to squeeze out four. Yeah. Uh, again, defensive line is really beckoning the call tonight. Jolly, the guy that uh, got a little bit hurt last week, he's playing outside backer. He made the tackle there. The defense looks really good. you, you got to remember this, too. Summit has only given up one score in like their last what 12 to 13 attempts so i mean they're they're a well-oiled machine right now and they're showing it tonight and you still have wade on the sideline <laughs> right <laughs> as the pressure they're going to waggle out and oh what a lick and he's going to be short blaine davis gets tattooed by caleb jolly if he's uh, let's just say healthier, he would be on both sides. He is a phenomenal o- offensive player, but they need him for those plays. Well, if he's hurt, I want whatever medication he is uh, taking because he doesn't look hurt at all, man. That kid's got a motor. He completely laid out number 44 on uh, on Davis. Columbia. That's Davis. Uh, and that's the kid that made the big play in the first mm-hmm. quarter. You saw him right there. They went back to the play action. It was there, but it wasn't another gain of 30. It was a gain of, like, what, five or six. Uh, it's not looking good. Kennard will kick it. And whoa, this is a literally in over ends. Tough to catch it. It's wow. fielded. It's fielded by Switzer. He breaks one. Breaks two. He's out to the 50. Cuts back to the 45 and down at the 43. A risque, but he's tapping himself with his right chest, walking <laughs> back to the summit. Spartans. Uh, should I say the cheerleaders in the student section? Nice return there. Absolutely. That, that's that Switzer uh, do-or-die blood right there. We mentioned it before. That is Gar- uh, that's uh, Coach Switzer's Barry. grandson. Yeah, Barry Switzer's grandson. And, man, I can't believe he didn't call for a fair catch right there, man. He had two guys in his face, caught it, went right up the field, and that was a solid play. So if I always mention this on the broadcast. If you're looking at a caution light, right now it's at yellow. And here comes Wade. And it's not good for, for Columbia. 7.41. Hands off. A big hole. Off the right side. To the 35-30. 25-20 down to the 18. It's Brandon King with the run from the 43 down to the 17. So I predicted that he was going to get six catches, 65 yards, and a touchdown. So far, he has no catches, but he's the leading rusher for the offense, and he's got a two-point conversion. So he's definitely on the field. He's definitely getting touches, but it's not the passes. It's actually the runs. 7-20. Here come the Spartans, and Wade comes outside, and they're going to try to – Oh, what a stiff arm. <laughs> he knocks the guy down three yards back, and I feel for Trey McKee. As he gets floored like Derrick Henry stiff arm. 
Trey McKee, I am sorry. I don't mean to go too old school on you, but I was a big fan of Mike Tyson's punch-out, that first guy that you would play Glass Joe when you'd get him all starry and you'd have those stars circling around his head. That's what that kid looked like right there when he took a right cross from Destin Wade and he almost scored. Well, he scores on the next play from three yards, but the reason I didn't call it, there's a flag on the play. But if it is, it's Wade again, and he's going to trot over to the sideline. He thinks he scored. He's leaving the field. And he gives Coach Coleman a high five, and I don't see why it wouldn't be a touchdown. Yeah. Uh, we'll that, see. That's fun to watch. And it, it, you got, we got to mention it. John Dippold, number 21, who started out at running back, he's definitely limping around uh, on the sidelines, which is why we see King back there, why Cotton's getting some run. And, um, like, you can see him hobbling right now coming on the field. So, uh, touchdown is good, which is going to set up, fingers crossed, PAT for Summit. Yeah, they're going to give him another try. And that was a legal substitution declined by Coach Coleman. And now it will be Crane. And Crane kicks that one really well. And that goes to the parking lot. Well, he said, Coach, you let me in, I'll do it. 21 zips to score. You're listening to Sport Summit Spartans Football on TriStar Sports Radio Network. You're listening to Summit Spartans Football on the TriStar Sports Radio Network. Once again, here's Mike Eppley. Welcome back in. It was bang, bang, bang. Three plays, King Wade Wade, and a touchdown. Now catapults the lead to 21 to zip as the road team is taking advantage of the Lions here at Lindsey Nelson Stadium. Welcome back in, Matt Rogers. And we talk about Wade, uh, awesome blocking too as as the uh, running backs getting to the second level without being touched. But you have the the X factors we mentioned and then everyone else is playing well. And now I'm going to use this. Columbia's in dire straits. They are are on the precipice of of really – you mentioned Tyson, the left hook. from. I'm not talking Muhammad Ali jabs here. I'm talking the left hook from Tyson. Yeah, well, you look at you, you have an offensive line that could potentially pass pro against Summit's defensive line. You take it one play at a time, and you start to fuel your kids. Listen, if they can come back from 21-0 two years ago, we can do it tonight. you got to start fueling that mentality into your kids. And, man, you got to throw the ball. you got to throw the ball. Columbia Central, it, it just doesn't look like they can run on this defense. Send some guys in motion, create some confusion and some opportunity for your receivers to get open, and they're going to have to start using that transfer that just came in from, uh, from Michigan, Justin Buckman, because he's a player, he could play, and you got to get the ball in his hands if you want a shot at this thing. Crane will kick it from the 40, another short kick, filled it at the 29. There will be a hole, and oh, and a fumble as a hard hit. It's recovered by Summit. Summit has got it at the 26 as the blindside hit came and the ball popped out and Summit's got it and Brandon King is running with it like it's the Statue of Liberty. Love it. Man, we're calling his name like I thought we would tonight. It just is not in the fashion I thought we would call his name. That kid is a workhorse, never comes off the field, and right there on the kickoff team takes advantage of an opportunity, sees that pigskin on the floor, picks it up, and now he's back at running back. So uh, don't be surprised if he gets another touch right here. 21 to zip, and the defense looks up and sees number one. Uh Uh-oh. And they're thinking, uh uh-oh. Another missed tackle as King will roll out. And Antoine Moore, 
We mentioned him. He's the best player on the defense, makes a solo tackle on the running back on the outside. Yeah. That, that was, was impressive. That was impressive by Moore, man. That shows you how quick he is on the defensive line. It's going to be tough for someone to run outside. We saw so far tonight all of their big runs have been inside, which is fine. Coleman's going to say, fine, give me the inside, I'll take the inside. But he, he wants to get versatile. He wants to use his, uh, his different runs to the outside. But with Moore out there, it's going to be tough to do. 608 second quarter 21 to zip is the score summit full control and here comes wade and here goes well wade fakes another player and another player and down he goes to the 17 yard line a nice run for wade for about eight little asterisks of what i said last time that uh summit's gonna have trouble running to the outside the asterisk is is number one destin wade that guy can run backwards, forward, side to side. That was an outside run. Looked like a little quarterback counter, which means, uh, you know, the, the guard pulls, kicks out the end, and he goes up the, uh, up the middle on the outside, and that's exactly uh, what happened there for a gain of about eight. Third and two inside the red zone, as we just documented, the recovered kickoff for Summit. So they started in the territory of the Lions and now Wade, Wade's mm. pressure mates one miss and down he goes as he gets stuck behind the line and kudos and that might be the the best play of the season for Shane Cobb and he gets Wade down for a loss of about 17. Yeah, that's what we call when, uh, you know, it's kind of like feeding pigeons. You throw all the seeds out there and all the pigeons come and sometimes they leave some little scraps. That's what Cobb found right there. The big pressure came from the human wrecking ball, Antoine Moore, which made Wade go back to the outside and he ran right into uh, Cobb, which he got his uh, pigeon scraps, as we call it, but that's a sack for him. Good job. You mentioned Summit being down three touchdowns two years ago. You know who remembers that comeback and who was out there as a freshman? Wade. Really? Oh, yeah. So, he know, I mean, he, yeah, he's grown and matured. And like I said, he'd been a great player. Can they get down to it and save it? Switzer. And Switzer runs into the – oh, he power slides like he's going into home plate with the football. Huh. That's interesting. I thought it would have been down right there, but that was a great play by Switzer again. The Switzer blood. He's coming in hot. That was a great play by him. It's like, you know, he could end up going on to the next level and uh, being a special teams all-star, man. And, you know, he's just, he's got a motor on him. He's got football in his blood, and that was great. I got to say kudos to the defense of Josh Taylor. You, Summit gets the ball on the 26, and you stop him. Yeah. Keeping from this game from being out of reach. Now it's 21 to zip. 4-11 left in the second quarter. Going to throw to the outside. Kennard cuts it back up in. He asks for contact. He gets nine yards. Whoa, what a great spot as the official gives him two more yards he didn't have, so it's going to be a first down. Yeah, Kennard right there, just a simple uh, wide receiver screen. How does that work? He lines up on the line to the outside comes underneath the inside receiver runs to the outside kind of almost like a pick play epley and that left canard wide open right on the outside perimeter for a nice gain and a first down it's you know it was a good pass play and, and columbia central needs to continue to go to the air if they want to drive the ball trips left and mccandless will throw it pressure by reed he's avoids one Wurtz has got him and down at the 29 and that's going to be a sack actually 
Yeah, good sack right there. Uh, the, the senior for Summit, that's uh, Kanata Wirtz. He stepped up late, gets credited for the sack, and uh, you know, good good job for the most part by the quarterback for um, for Columbia Central trying to make something happen. But again, these receivers got to get open for Columbia if they want to make these plays because right there they were all covered. Yeah, it's good to see Wirtz back out. We didn't see him on one game due to injury, but he's back out there. Shotgun formation, second and 12 on the 29. And they're going to hand to Biggers. Mm-hmm. Nowhere Maddox work. Reed got him. And there's no, they can't move the line. So the, it's basically Biggers is pent up on the inside here. Yeah, I think when you're in this position, like, look, I understand the coach wants to keep Summit guessing. You get to a point to where you got three minutes left in the second half, or I'm sorry, in the second quarter, you're down by three touchdowns. Man, just sit back and, and throw the ball. Like, just throw the ball because the run is not working right here, and uh, it proves right there. And, and now he's, you know, third and 12 instead of, you know, potentially a first down. Two minutes, 50 seconds left in the second quarter. McCandless looks left. Pressure, no. Avoids one, two, and down he goes. Big number four, Trey Hunter on the sack down at the 22-yard line. Loss of eight on the play. Yeah, you see Melton we were talking about. He's not going to blitz too much tonight, but when he does, you can bet it's going to be on third down. He brought the linebacker blitz, put pressure on the quarterback, made him uh, shuffle to the outside, and again, the pigeon scraps were there for Trey Hunter and a fantastic sack for him. And, man, Columbia Central is just going backwards in all facets of the game. Yep, you're right. And uh, Columbia Central hasn't been in the red zone all night. Kennard with that little rugby-style punt gets back to Switzer, and he lost it, and it hit his face mask. And that's when you look down and you forget the ball is coming. Switzer said, I'm going to get you back for giving that a touchback on my awesome punt coverage, and I'm going to return this thing. But unfortunately, he took his eyes up before the ball hit his hands, and he fumbled. But great recovery. Summit's going to keep the ball. And uh, I expect Coleman here to not pass the ball. Well, there's two minutes left until halftime, so we'll see how much he can get with leading 21 to zip. Scratch that. You know what? Here we're going to go. We're going to go pass on the first play, pass on the second play, quarterback draw for a touchdown. Scores in three plays. I'm calling it. There you go, Epley. There it is. And Wade will run. (laughs) Wade's going to take four guys to bring him down. Nine-yard run. All right. So I got two plays for them to score. They ran the quarterback draw right there. Uh Here's why they're just about at midfield. They're, they're a yard short of the 50-yard line, second and short. I would take a shot right here. I really would. I'd take a shot right here. Um, even if you give Columbia Central the ball back with a minute and a half, they haven't been able to do anything on offense. Take a shot right here downfield, man. I'd love to see uh, Maddox, Maddox Reed catch a, catch a nice gain for about 30. The official gave Wade 10 yards, so it's a first down on the 49. Clock's ticking. 123. Wade in full control of the offense. Up three touchdowns. Gonna run it again. And they're going to run it. And Wade's going to get it. Can he break one tackle? No. And we got an injured player, I believe, for Columbia. And oh, I don't. Oh, we'll, we'll get. We'll wait to make sure we got the right number. If it is who I think it is. Yeah, that's going to be their big nose tackle. That guy we talked about. Um, Solowski. Mm-hmm. Uh, the guy's getting recruited by Wisconsin. Looks like he twisted yeah, up maybe you don't his want knee this. or ankle. 
you don't want this. This is this is a guy. He says he's walking off the field. He doesn't need anyone to assist him. He's very frustrated. He's a coach's son. His dad was the assistant coach for Hal Merle for many years here on the basketball program. Also coaches soccer here for so his raised in that type of family. That's unfortunate. Fifty nine seconds at second and ten. Wade got zip on the first run. That's so they've stopped in the last two out of three. But I don't know if you could keep doing that. Yeah, I, you know, like I said, well, now they're not running man coverage anymore. They're in a they're in a deep cover too, and they're even dropping that linebacker almost to a safety position. And there's the run again, not working. Where goes Wade? Going to try to run it, and nowhere is. It's almost like Coach Coleman doesn't want to throw it, and there's 33 seconds left, and he, well, the clock is going. There's no Coleman is not calling timeout. And he's almost content to let yeah. this go to halftime. Um, this this kind of shocks me. It, it definitely not, shocks me, too. And it, this may be it. Three wide receivers. Wade's going to throw it. Oof. And Wade is nailed. The ball is down and recovered. And they tried to throw it. And that's going to hit zero. So, lucky enough, that's going to do it. Cobb annihilated. Destin Wade from the backside, but Wade is up, so everybody take a big breather, but that one stung. Unfortunately, that's going to be it. It's halftime as Spartans football on the TriStar Sports Radio Network is brought to you in part by the Garbage Man, Parks Motor Sales, Ten Pin Alley, Sands Fence Company, DB's Pizza, Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram, Game Time, Right Care Clinic, Columbia and Franklin Kubota, Beck Dental Care, Holland's Pharmacy, Quick Mark Convenience Stores, Brown's Body Shop, Davis Heating and Cooling, Apex Bank, and by Jimmy Petty and NashvillePlace.com. It's time for Spartans football with Matt Rogers. Here's Mike Epley. This is Summit Spartans football. Welcome back in. We're at halftime here. Almost the end, 21 zip. We appreciate JP as always back in the studio giving you the halftime scores and we'll give you kind of a quick synopsis of what happened here as we, I do want to dive into some of the totals leading into this game. Summit averaged 34 points per game. Pretty close to what their their average is. Columbia's offense, 25 points per game. Zero. That's one of the it, this situations. And Summit's defense giving up 20.5 per game. Columbia only five. Summit, 21 points. The scoring drives scored up. Summit scored the first three out of four. Wade scored from a five-yard draw. The conversion was no good. The third possession, Wade scored from a two-yard TD run. Wade then threw it in. Uh, for the conversion, I believe, to King. And then the fourth possession was the third touchdown. Wade scored from three yards. But the last two started in the 26 of Columbia, could not get it in. And the 39, Coach Coleman just says, you know what? We tried to run him a couple times. They stopped him. So we're going to take it to halftime. Luckily, 
Cobb obliterated Wade on the last play. The fumble was recovered on about the 20-yard line, so it would have been Columbia's best field position. Unfortunately, that the clock hit zero, so we'll bring back in Matt. Matt, any adjustments you see or what you like about Summit in the first half? Uh, what I love about them is uh, I think the quarterback, obviously, you know, Wade's a stud. And um, offensive line run-wise have done a great job. Passing up front has been a huge struggle for the Summit offense. And I came to my conclusion as I was scratching my head over halftime of, of, of why Coach Coleman didn't throw the ball or didn't take a shot or try to score at the end. I have the answer is the defensive end for uh, the two defensive ends for Columbia Central are giving those tackles a hard time. Again, the starter for Summit, Matthew Mullen, is out. So you have your right guard playing left tackle who gave up the sack at the end. Now, Cooper Cook is a fantastic offensive line, but he's not he's not used to pass blocking those quick guys on the left side. I mean, it's it's a big adjustment. It might not sound big. What is it, Matt? You've played the offensive line, so you could kind of give the analysis. What is the difference in the steps, not getting too technical from the left tackle to a right guard who could kind of – hedge a little bit on the inside the biggest example i can give you is i'm i'm right-handed i've been right-handed my whole life i could write you an essay with my right hand i cannot write a sentence using my left hand it looks like you know we all say chicken scratches i can't write with my left hand so imagine playing right guard your entire life and then say okay we're gonna put you at left tackle and you got to pass block someone who's probably twice as fast as you it's like writing with your left hand It, it feels awkward you need practice at it. You need good, um, you know, good technique and, and, and footwork, and he's just struggling with that. So that's why Coleman didn't take a shot downfield. The one time he did, of course, resulted in that sack at the end, which could have been, you know, I don't want to say devastating for Summit because, I mean, they're still in control of the ballgame, but it would have been a huge momentum shift for Columbia Central heading in to the halftime. We're lucky Wade got up. Oh, yeah. Uh, that, that, was a, that was a big hit. And, you know, going into – uh, this half, I don't suspect Summit's going to run the ball too much. They're already banged up. Their running game is, you know, virtually unstoppable. And their passing game, you know, hasn't – doesn't have a pulse. I mean, we have, you know, one completion. But not to dog the passing game, but you don't really need it. You're up by three touchdowns, and you can basically run and do whatever you want. So – I don't see too many passes for Summit in the second half, and exactly like Coleman wants to do. He wants to milk the clock. He wants to keep his guys fresh and healthy, and he wants to get out of here with the dub with the least amount of injuries as possible. Let's mention Brady Pierce and Caleb Jolly aren't playing offensively. Brady Pierce, he's not playing tonight, but Jolly's just playing defense. Jolly's, oh, I was going to say, he's come up huge on defense yep. too. yep. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Brady Pierce, hands down, your best receiver. He's out. Jolly is not going to play offense. So, but, but I like the offense. I like our receivers better than their defensive backs. I like Summit's receivers better than their DBs. But if you can't pass block up front, you can't get your quarterback comfortable and you can't throw the ball. Here we go. <laughs> the PA announcer riving up the uh, uh, from the uh, tractor. Well, we hear down the yeah, baby. down the um, street from Lindsey Nelson Stadium, but he's getting the crowd up, and a short kick is picked up at the 32 down to 37-yard line. So that's where Columbia will start, and that was Ryan Patterson, the junior, returns it back out 
to the 38. So Columbia in the first half, five possessions, only two first downs in their last four possessions. The first drive was really good, but Summit has put a halt to the yardage total for Columbia. We'll see what they can do. Now, McCandless is going under center to start the second half. Davis will go to the left side. Hands off a counter to the right. Biggers got a little bit of a hole. Biggers has bounced outside, and he gets all the way down to the 40. It looks like the offense of Columbia Central did something at halftime because they came out with a huge run play right there. It was a counter off the left-hand side. Biggers makes the big run, obviously biggest run of the night, period. They started this half with negative seven rushing yards, and that one went for about 40. Yeah, uh, Biggers got to the 39 of Columbia. I, I over-exaggerated 20, 20-yard 20 run. Yeah, I believe it's about 26 yards, but... What a hole, and Biggers is now jolted the fan base here, which is a good turnout. And Lindsey Nelson, 45 seconds into the third quarter, they're going to run the exact play, and Biggers will carry a couple of defenders for about four yards. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's interesting to see Columbia Central coming out with back-to-back run plays. I mean. They did a, a, a halfway decent job in the first half passing the ball. Uh, McCandless, the quarterback, was 8 of 12, not terrible. He did have that one pick, which was that pressure uh, that pressure interception. The guy was in his face. But I, I expect that, you know, no brainer. You're down by three touchdowns. you got to throw the ball. But so far, it's been two runs. Wirtz will go out and cover Kennard on the right side. That's, And then they're going to move everybody to the right. It will be both tight ends. Hoth and Davis trying to block for Biggers and nowhere. And Maddox Reed will bring him down at the line of scrimmage. He got off two blocks. So interesting here to see them continue with the run game. Again, we talked about it early on tonight. They're going to try to get the run game to the outside. Nothing home right there. Good block by their tight end, uh, number 44, Davis. He, he drove that linebacker all the way down the field. And, uh, Again, not a big gain, and we'll see what they do here. I mean, you got to go play action if you're, Colum- if you're Columbia Central right now. Three runs out the gate. Pop them with a play action right now. Hit your tight end number 44. It's working. They're running man coverage on him. And see if you can get a first down. 9.50, third quarter, third and four. Biggers will get the handoff. Biggers will have contact made. And with Jacob Turner in the middle, I believe he's a yard short. It's going to be close. They might measure it being in their house. You know, bro, you know, you never know. Get a home field advantage. But, yeah, they're, are they going to measure it or was it a timeout? Uh, either way, whether it's short or a first down, Columbia Central is going to go for it. No brainer. Biggers is giving the signal he thinks he got it. And he's telling the official, ah, it's a first down. We'll see 934 if you're just tuning in. 21 to 0 is the score. Summit ahead. This is the first drive of the second half. Columbia driving. This is about as deep as they have been. And then first down for Christian Biggers. Yeah, they gave it to him. Uh, and, you know, the right call. He, he was close, so they're going to give him the first down, man. It's almost impossible not to be excited here tonight. I mean, you got the county fair going on in the background. There's there's 
fans in the bleachers. We got high school football. It's, it's kind of surreal to where it feels like it, there's almost not a pandemic going on right now in Columbia, Tennessee. This is awesome. 923, great drive to start the third quarter for Columbia at home in a big region game. Versus Summit. Biggers. Biggers will bounce outside and t- take it out of bounds by number 17, Aiden Bird. Yeah, they tried to run like a little ISO play up the middle. No one home there. Biggers tried to bounce it to the outside. But again, credit to the defensive summit. No one's home on the run play. They've only had one big run on offense for Columbia Central. And again, they're shutting it down. I'm shocked that they haven't thrown the ball yet. This is insane to me. Well, to me, I would. I guess I would slightly disagree because they're still driving the football and this is about as deep as columbia has been all night yeah uh, on summit i'll go ahead you know if if it's going to work um they're they're driving we'll see 909 left third quarter mccandless will hand to biggers biggers will pop it to the outside and nowhere turner's got him with and also hunter and a loss of one so now it's third So here's what I was going to say, and and, and here's why. Now you're in a situation where you're third and ten. Duh, it's going to be a run, which means that Summit's going to adjust their defense. They're not going to run the man coverage anymore. They might come out in like a nickel, maybe like a a soft cover two, which basically means those corners are backed up a little bit. But now it's hard to pass on third and ten. So, I don't know. It's just it's one of those things to where, you know, it, you use a run game, it, it's working for you, but you got to be balanced, and now they're in a position where they got to throw. Here we go. And McCandless is under center. Doubles to the right. McCandless, pressure. Brimmeyer in the back and completes it to Davis, but that's to the line of scrimmage. So, nice pressure. By the man in the missile, man in the middle, Jesse Brimmeyer. Yeah, they gave good pressure up front, but like we said, man, they run like that cloud cover two. There was nobody open up field. You know, anybody from the stands can tell that they were going to pass right there. And now, unfortunately, Columbia Central for them, they they have to go. They're down by three scores. They're on the thirty yard line going in, but uh, they need a first down or. You know, maybe just a deep play downfield. I'll tell you what I would do here if I'm Columbia Central. I think they're going to call a timeout. I would line two receivers up on the right-hand side. I would send the out guy on a streak pattern, which means right up the front. I would run the inside receiver on a post, and that's going to split that safety and make him make a decision. And one of those guys are going to be open. Your quarterback's reading that safety. If he goes towards the streak, you throw the post. If he bites on the post, you throw the streak in man coverage, and hopefully they can get a big play here for Columbia Central. But that's just me, and that's why I'm in the booth and not on the sideline, right? 8-11 left in the third quarter. 21 zip is the score. Summit will be out talking to Melton at about the 29-yard line. It will be fourth and 11 from the 30 of Summit. You expect a little bit of pressure from Melton here and not to sit back and let McCandless throw the football. You know it's going to be a pass. You just don't know where it's going. McCandless most of the time has been either waggle or boot booting um bootlegging should i say from the left to the right so we'll see here as mccandless and shotgun biggers to the left side two to the left and one to the right Hildago down at the bottom and he will go left and the pressure it is over the head of 
Kennard incomplete turnover now. Summit will get the football. Yeah, again, that's where <laughs> not passing and balancing comes to bite you in the butt. Unfortunately, I know the running game was working, but you got to stay balanced because then you put yourself in a position where it's third and long. Well, now the other team knows you're going to pass so they can adjust their defense, and that's what Summit did. They dropped seven defenders. Well, you only got five or four wide receivers running out there. That's seven against four. You're going to lose that battle every time. 8.03, third quarter. Here comes Wade, 21-zip, and nice block there at the line of scrimmage, but great pursuit by the linebacker, Harvey, and he will take down Brandon King at the line of scrimmage. Yep, he's going to go back to King at the running back spot. We know that Dippold's a little bit banged up on his ankle. I hope he's okay, but uh, I, I don't predict the ball's going to be in the air too much for Summit, uh, especially in the second half. You still got Wade at quarterback. King will be at tailback. Three receivers, one tight end off the left. And they're going to hand it to King. King's got some open space. He made one miss. He's at the 50, 40, 30, down to the 25-yard line. And there you go. All hail the King. He takes it to the outside, and, man, do we love Brandon King, man. He's got at the the running back position, breaks one to the outside, and this takes a lot of pressure off of Wade. It makes him feel like he doesn't have to be the workhorse. He doesn't have to be a runner. And, 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 again, credit to the offensive line. The holes are there, and it's just all systems go for the Spartan run game. Dippled back in at tailback, 719, and we are waiting on something. You know what's interesting <laughs> is Columbia Central now has taken more, number 33, and he's not even putting his hands down. He's lining up wide and just coming straight up field. Wade will hand it off, and they're going left the entire way. Dippled will maybe get back to the line of scrimmage. We've got a flag on the plate. Yeah, God bless the kid, but you can tell, man, he's banged up. You can just you can see the shift in speed from when King or Cotton carry the ball versus Dippold, and it's because his ankle's hurting him. It doesn't seem like Coleman's too concerned with that other than just keep milking the clock, right? I guarantee you Coleman's on the sideline right now. Going, keep it up, boys. We're just going to milk this clock. We're just going to keep working it down the field. And, uh, I mean, it, it's working. It's going to be interesting to see here, though, because it looks like they've got backwards about 10 yards. So now you're looking at, what, first and 20. Yep. Holding penalty there. Um, we'll go back. And you're right, Matt, on the 39-yard line. That's a big penalty. Mm. 7-12 in the third quarter. First and 20 on the 39, Summit driving the football up three touchdowns. They're going to fake it, and he fakes out Cobb. Got him. And he's going to throw it, but Cobb comes back, and surely not they're going to give that an interception. That that thing hit the ground. That's a tough call. But I was going to say it's a tough call because the back judge was behind him. Side judges were far away. It is going to be an incomplete pass, which is the right call. Yeah, it was underthrown, but you got to give credit. Cobb whiffed the first time but came back around against Wade. Cobb has been all over Wade tonight. Yeah, he has. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, those defensive ends, they're good. They're fast. And Summit's offensive tackle's got to do a better job of taking a proper pass set. But I'll tell you this, that field was wide open for Wade if he if he would have kept that ball and ran it up the field. Second and 20, incomplete pass. Tough call to make. It was underthrown by the pressure of Cobb. 
and he's going to hand it to Dipple. Dipple squirts there his you way, go. and here he comes, uh, stumbling and bumbling all the way down to the eight-yard line. So Dipple comes from the 39 to the 8, 31-yard run. It's so interesting. He didn't show – and look at he's coming up limping, but he didn't show anything right there. A fantastic right counterplay. You got the guard kicking out the defensive end. You got the left tackle pulling up for a linebacker. All blocks made. Green light. Go for Dippold. He even made a couple safeties and linebackers missed, and then he plowed over the safety at the end for a solid gain, man. We are knock, knock, knocking on Central's Del Wall. That's right. Going towards the concession stand. If you're familiar with Lindsey Nelson, 641 left in the third quarter and watch out it could be one trouble nope he's going to toss it outside a nice pursuit by shane cobb off the left tackle and he was back five yards in the backfield dipple will gain one good for dipple right there i mean making something out of nothing making chicken soup out of chicken poop is what they say it was a toss to the left the d uh defensive backs didn't bite on it at all he had two guys in his face he juked him for a positive one yard run and here comes wade wade close to the goal line from the eight He's down at the one, third and one. Yep, that's just your basic quarterback draw to the left side. It's been working for him all night. It's been working for him all year, and it's going to continue to work for him as Summit keeps marching on, and they are third and short, knocking on the door. You could expect Wade to keep it up the gut right here. Third and a long one, Wade. He's in the end zone, and give it six. Williamson County stand up because the lead now is 27 to zip. Yep, that's just when, you know, you're right on the one-yard line. Your offensive line has been basically unstoppable on the run, especially up the middle. Look at It's a simple game plan, Epley. The two best defenders are lining up outside, and they're faster than us. So what are we going to do? We're going to run up the gut, and it's been working all night. Here we go. The kick, that one looks pretty good as well. All right, he got a talking to, and it worked. Ryan Crane <laughs> puts it through. 28 zip. We'll take a commercial break. This is Summit Spartans Football on TriStar Sports Radio Network. You're listening to Summit Spartans Football on the TriStar Sports Radio Network. Once again, here's Mike Eppley. Cannot convert on the 30-yard line on 4th and 11. What do they do? They give it back to Wade and company, and Summit answers. 28-zip, and that's a huge swing there, Matt. It's bring you back in 28 zip and now i'm not sure what coach jason hoth wants to do down four touchdowns you got a quarter and a half to do it yeah um you throw the ball hello hello is anyone home no you got to throw the ball man you got to widen out the field you got to use your receivers they got this sleeper from michigan that just transferred in buckman he touched the ball two times in the first half made something positive happen and we haven't seen him since of course it's early in the third quarter but let's stop the madness the running ball away get out the nerf turbo and start slinging this thing if you're columbia central patterson will take it up to about the looks like they're gonna mark him at the 32 second possession for columbia and columbia still trying to get in the red zone for the first time tonight (laughs) on summit I feel. I mean, honestly, I feel, I feel bad for them because you can tell they're a great team. They're coming off of uh, two wins, and they got some solid players. Uh, we, we'd just like to see, uh, you know, for them right here, I'm, I'm trying to analyze their offense as I'm talking, but they are widening out a little bit. They finally went to a single back. 
Deuce on the right side. But again, they're bringing a guy in motion, bringing him back in. Why? I don't understand. That's a fake, and he's going to roll out to the right and then throw it across the middle. And it's Kennard at the 50 to the 49-yard line. So a 19-yard play from McCandless to Kennard. So Kennard, the senior, I mean, he looks like a stud. He's getting single coverage against, again, the sophomore. Aiden Bird is covering him. I'm surprised the coaches didn't key on that earlier. You got a sophomore that's replacing uh, uh, Brady Pierce, your best defender, arguably. And, you know, Kennard is basically kind of He's done a good job so far every time they've thrown him the ball right there. Play action, Kennard was uh, open on the post, and I'd go back to the well if I'm them. 5-17, third quarter. McCandless going to throw another one. Jace Hoth in nice pressure by Caleb Jolly to knock it out of the hands of Hoth. Yeah, Jolly's limping a little bit. might be a knee or a groin, but maybe it's the, the ailing problem. I don't know what was wrong with him before, but they were double covered right there. At, uh, Summit was in the right defense. Here's what I don't understand. Here's why I'm getting a little frustrated with Columbia Central. I think they should widen out the field. That means take your receivers, your athletes, and widen them out. Spread the field out. You have 11 guys on offense. Epley, they're bringing nine right in the box, which is going to make Summit bring their nine guys in the box. It's it's tripping me out a little bit. Here we go. Okay, now they're spreading. we got four receivers wide out and a, little, and a running back. Let's see what happens here. Double on both sides. McCandless will throw right again, and it's Hit. intercepted. And enters what a catch by number 34 linebacker Jacob Turner with the interception. He tightrope the sideline. Yep, and uh, I grew up watching the uh, L.A. Lakers when I was a kid, and Chick Hearn, the late great Chick Hearn, used to say, the fridge is open, the eggs are cooling, the butter's getting hard, and the jello's jiggling, which basically means this game is pretty much over. That was Columbia Central, to my opinion, last-ditch effort. And uh, I'm expecting Summit to milk the clock here. You got just under five minutes. The run game is working. Wade is still in. And uh, let's run this thing home. Yeah, you might see Wade for one more possession. I'm not sure if he, you'll see him past 35 if they get it. And Dippold will get it off the right side, off tackle, gain of one to the 35-yard line. Yep, good opportunity for these running backs to step up, take some of the pressure off of Wade, don't keep relying on him to make the big runs. And and they have, especially in the second half. Dippold, King, they've done a fantastic job. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised, and I'd like to see Cotton get a couple carries as well in the backfield. If you run to the right side, you're running right at Mr. Moore. I'll tell you, man, I'm 42 years old. He can't be a a day over 16, and I wouldn't want to block him. Wade shotgun. Man in motion. That's Reed. Come across the face mask of Wade. Wade snaps it. We'll hand it off. A gain of three. A nice play right up the A-gap there for Dippel. Yeah, it's the right call. I like Coleman's offense. I like his run offense. I mean, I, I would I would almost, you know, dare to call him a run guru. This guy knows the run game. It's been his backbone of his offense ever since he came to Summit. And what he does is he teases him, run to the outside, run to the outside, counter, and then pop right up the middle. And that's what Dippel did right there for a gain of six. 350. Third down and six on the 39-yard line. Wade in the shotgun off the left side will be Dippled. And he's going to fake it. Nope, he gives it to Dippled. Dippled around the corner, and he got it. And he should have the first and Oh, a terrible mark as Dippled landed three yards past the first down mark. We know he skidded, but 
I would still say for sure he got the first down, and they're going to measure it. Again, Epley, this is what's kind of tripping me out, man. Oh. He, he, he gave it. They're running that read zone. So what they're doing, here's what a read zone is, or, or, or a read trap, sorry. 33, we've been talking about him all night for Columbia Central. He's their fastest, most aggressive guy. He comes up field fast. So the quarterback, Wade, puts the ball in the running back's hands, and if that defensive end comes strong upfield, he's going to give it to him. If the defensive end crashes, Wade's going to keep it. So it's just a read zone. You're reading number 33. Three minutes left, third quarter. Wade, just a toss here left. Gets it out to Dippled. Dippled cuts back in across midfield down to the 48. That's a gain of seven. I got mad love and respect for John Dippold. He tweaked his ankle early on in the game. He's never come out, at least not by his own choice. He's still hobbling and limping around, but the kid is running like a horse. And that just shows a lot of heart for this Summit uh, for this summit team and just the coaching staff and everyone. Like, you know, never quit, never say die. And, and that's what Coach Coleman told us early. I want to be the toughest team out there. And so far, I mean, just little things like that, you can see that they are. As we mentioned, there were a litany of injuries, a lot of players out for Summit. Two of the receivers, hands off the King. King will get the first down by a yard. He only needed three, got four, and keep moving the chain. So, once again, Summit, we call it bleeding the clock, and two minutes left in the third, and you have a four-touchdown cushion. This is when they're just screaming, make it stop make it stop man they love to pull their guards at summit too right there it's yes, kind of like a, that's what he, yep yeah he, he, both those guys and, and it looks like a wave crashing they're so in unison and so in sync man it, it, it's really pretty to watch 140 wade still out there he looks to the sideline and who calls the plays coach coleman who who uh addresses the offensive line is their coach coach coleman so we, we he does a lot with, with the offense and we'll hand to King. I King zips believe. by one. Jace Hoth can't get him down. He's now up for seven, maybe eight yards off the right side. That was unbelievable, and I'm not going to stop talking about the offensive line for Summit in the run game. Columbia Central knew – everyone in the stand knows that they're running. Not only did they load the box with seven guys, but they brought those linebackers down and put six guys on the line. They had every single gap covered – and what Summit did, they just put a body on a body, created a, created leverage, created a hole, and man, King, another gain of eight. That was that was impressive. I will tell you this: Columbia's defensive line linebackers have to be tired. Oh yeah, they have to be absolutely gassed. His King will run it once again. He needed about two and a half. He got four. They gave another it to fir- him. first down. Yeah. Like we said earlier, I'll be I'll be surprised if we see uh, that ball in the air when Summit has the ball anymore. There's no need for it, and um, that's another first down. The run game, all systems go, and it's it's almost like when you know when growing up, you're, you're playing you're playing Madden on Sega or PlayStation, and you just you could do whatever you want pretty much when you're, you know, you, you put it on rookie so mode, let's right? See, <laughs> well, let's see the flea flicker. <laughs> right. That's my favorite play to run on Madden. <laughs> but uh, it, it's almost like someone's just playing on rookie mode and they can just run and do whatever they want. It's, it's good for them. And we have a whistle and um, was it a timeout before the clock? That would be the weird. end of the third quarter. It was about a half a second 
No, they're going to say it's the end of the th- third quarter. Either way, we're going to take a commercial break. It's 28 to zip. The scoreboard at Lindsey Nelson says zero. We're going to take that as well. You are listening to Summit Spartans Football on TriStar Sports Radio Network. This is Summit Spartans Football on the TriStar Sports Radio Network. Welcome back in. We're live here at Lindsey Nelson. And actually, they're going to say the timeout was called by Coach Coleman. I'm Mike Epley. Alongside me is Matt Rogers, and that's going to do it. Uh, They had to run a play. Oh! And I... A bad play. It should have been a late hit. And King is down after getting six yards. They stood him up, and he got hit about three yards out of bounds, and they're not going to call it. Yeah, that that's, you know, the summit coaches up in the box are sitting next to us, and they are not happy, and I don't blame them at all. That was a late hit. Um, I'm, I'm shocked that they didn't call that at all. I just I don't know if um, – they're kind of like on cruise control right now, and they weren't aware of that. But uh, King took a big shot on the sideline late, and I'm glad that he's up and uh, running back. I'll tell you, Coach Jason Hoth will not have that as the program. I, I, I know him personally. I, I've spent many nights talking to this guy late, and he will not stand for that. I can promise you. If that happened, he's going to tell his team no. He'll pull the player and. Um, you know, 12 minutes, uh, as we're going to stay here, uh, 28 zips to score, Summit driving second down and four. There's a couple guys I was anxious to see. One hasn't really played a lot, and he is the fastest guy on the field, and he's number five, and he sits in front of us. Saw him last year as a freshman. Uh, Hildago is his name, Adrian Hildago. He's about 120 pounds, and... <laughs> He, he basically floats when he runs, and I haven't seen much of him as the starting tailback. Christian Biggers talks to him on the sideline, so a little shocked I didn't see uh, Hodago more in the offense. I, I know it's big tight end oriented. We did see Stephen Kennard catch a pass. He's a receiver from last year, but unfortunately it comes down to him. Matt can talk about this later. There's just the dominance of Summit's running game. It's not been through the air, and I'll tell you, th- th- uh, seven the seven guys up front col- for Columbia have done fairly well. Uh, Cobb's taking some big hits on Wade. Wade's going to run to the outside. Wade high steps one, jumps over two, spins away from three, and he's down to the 10-yard line. Okay, that, t- that was 19 yards. Yep, and uh, it's the same thing. It's that quarterback counter off to the left-hand side, and it was wide open. I mean, there's there's nothing else to say. I, it, it's almost kind of like I'm running out of creativity without sound, trying to sound the same thing. But here's the truth. The offensive line is blocking it perfectly. Wade is a is a stud, and, and everything is working. Gain well, it's like one of those things. Yeah, it's one of those uh, sayings. I'm going to keep doing it till you stop me. Yep. And uh, that lead draw counter that Summit's doing pretty well. We haven't seen the misdirection underneath tonight. I, I, yeah, we haven't seen that. Remember when they would uh, they would motion uh, King down and they do that little scissors? But uh, there's Dippold. He's going nowhere right there. Are you surprised that Wade's still in the game? No, I'm not. Uh, I, I think this will be it for Wade. Mm-hmm. Uh, as Coach Coleman has continued to run counters left and right, 
He's not really tricking. He's just leading yeah. with a lot of players on one side. He's doing his thing, man. He said, I want to, you know, I want to come out. We're going to pull our guards. We're going to run our offense and see if they can stop it, and they haven't been able to. Here's trips to the right. This is a little different. Toss where your uh, receivers have to block and cut the corner and dipple down to about the six. That was a nice run for seven yards. That's interesting. I'm going to ask Coleman about that play because I've, I've been around football now for, what, 25 years, and it's not too common. In fact, nothing's coming to my mind where you have trips, which is three receivers to the, you know, whatever, right side, let's just say, and typically you don't run towards that side. He must have a lot of faith in his receivers making blocks up, up, up the field. That was awesome. Yeah, I didn't see that much, and that's just the toss. Wade gets the ball and literally just takes one step and tosses it back. Yeah, typically if you're going to line your receivers up wide outside, you want to go up the middle or go the opposite direction away from them, but they ran right towards him like well, that play. Well, here he goes, trips left, but he will run it and cuts it back, dipple towards the end zone, and he's a yard short. Now was, I understand, young grasshopper, what Coach Coleman's doing. It's almost like a decoy play when he, or, or a setup play, if you will, when he runs uh, into those receivers because – it gets the defense on their oh, toes. No, oh no! Yeah, that's 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 more. Yep. I'm sorry to cut you off. No. That, that was mm, that's not what you want to see, especially if you're a Columbia Lion fan listening to this station. You're down four touchdowns and your best players on the ground. Yeah, unfortunate. I didn't see what happened. I just saw him rolling on the ground at the end. That's number 33, um, Antoine Moore. He's been you know the biggest problem for the Columbia offense. If there was one tonight, it was him and the other defensive end, Cook, but uh, th that's not good for Columbia. Yeah, it's been, like you mentioned, Matt, it's been um, Moore and Shane Cobb outside linebacker has really been a nuisance for as much as you can be. But this is just very unfortunate, and I hope this is not uh, something that carries over past this game. This game could be out of hand for Columbia, but this is the, the season um, – and uh, your best defensive player is down at the one-yard line. They pick him up. We'll see if he needs assistance. And he is in pain, you could tell, breathing deeply. And he will walk on his own power. There we go. All right. Hopefully well, he just took a shot to, like, the gut or the sternum and maybe lost his breath. But uh, he's walking okay, which is you know, it's obviously a good sign. Yeah, the, the way the way he's limping, it, it, it might be a groin issue. Like you kind of, you know, I got a daughter. You know, we we play those games where I throw her up in the air. We call it fly like an eagle. And, you know, once in a while she'll come down with a knee, and it doesn't hurt too much. You know, daddy's got a tummy ache. Yeah, yeah. Let's just say, and I Dad, think that's what happened there. Dad just went out. <laughs> well, they did. Uh, Dipple did get the first down. Uh, it was a you needed it to be past the two. They got to the one. So. Summit will be first and goal from the one. Dippled, can he squeeze? And 21 goes for six. <laughs> Good for him, man. That's the counter off to the left-hand side. Guard kicks out the end. Tackle leads up the middle. Dippled is untouched. He, he, he hit R1 right there, the, the juke button, just to make it look pretty. But uh, no one touched him there. That's, that's good. And he, he's been doing a fantastic job all night. Good for him. First game. As a running back, comes out, one carry the whole year, and he just got a just got a tub. Good for him. Ten minutes left in the game, and somebody gave 
Mr. Crane a speech, and I want to know that speech because he is kicking it out of the wazoo here. He looks fantastic. Um, after the first miss, he's been doing great. We'll take a commercial break. It is all Summit. You are listening to Summit Spartans Football and TriStar Sports Radio Network. You're listening to Summit Spartans Football on the TriStar Sports Radio Network. Once again, here's Mike Eppley. We appreciate it, JP, as always. And this game is about all she wrote here in Lindsey Nelson. It's uh, unfortunate, but um, one of those uh, games that Summit's stayed ahead pretty much the way. So uh, I would tell you this if you're thinking about what to do after the game. High school football is back and TriStar Sports Radio has you covered. Join J.P. Plant and a cast of dozens for TriStar Friday Night Live. Tune in to Friday Night Lights uh, following the game, the coverage of the Summit Spartans for all your football scores from all across Southern Middle Tennessee and here from those that were at the games. TriStar Friday Night Live covering high school football as it happens and reaction after the lights turn off. Do that for us. We appreciate it. And the kickoff will be to Columbia. We'll start at the 35-yard line, 9.30 left in the game. And I believe that's all of Wade we will see. I believe it as well. And now it's a a good opportunity for some of these young guys on the defensive line and the linebacker position to get some looks. I should say the entire defense. I mean, look at how clean those white jerseys look. I mean, we got got some fresh meat in there. But surprisingly, Trey Hunter's still uh, in a three-point stance down there. Interesting. Yeah, most of them are still there. Uh, Well, we do have Brady Hendricks in, one player. And Aiden Bird still out there as well. We do have Finley Jameson is out there as well. And uh, I want to give Wirtz some credit. He's covered Kennard the entire night. Coach Coleman really likes this guy, says he's the best cover guy he has, and he's done really well uh, tonight for Summit. Jacob Stone, the senior in, get a little bit of playing time in the middle. Yeah, the interesting thing, the, the cool thing, should I say, that sophomore, Brady Hendricks, number three, I stood next to him uh, the first week I was out at practice, and I'm like, holy smokes, this is a big kid for a sophomore. And coach told me they're excited about him, definitely for the future. What he needs to do as a young guy, which, you know, is common with young guys, just a little bit more focus and a little bit more intensity, and that just comes with age and experience. But uh, the future at Summit Football for Brady Hendricks is looking really good. And Riley Finch will also be in there. Oh, and there's a fumble, and it's I believe it goes out of bounds. It will stay with Columbia. And the last player I do want to mention on the line, basketball player Matthew Montana. This is his first year out. He is in there as well. So we do um, – nope, they're sticking with McCandless. 748 left in the game it's 35-0 so what's happening here matt is what's called a running clock (laughs) if you're up 35 nothing second half you will run that puppy all the way down yeah and this is good now if this hits the ground any anything uh it it keeps it running so nice pass to canard across the middle second and 20 
And Kennard and McCandless go for 24. If we were uh, playing a rec game right now, it would just be mercy rule, and they might uh, they might call the game. But there's Kennard again. I'm excited for these uh, younger guys on defensive line. You, you mentioned Montana, number 64. He is hands down the tallest guy out there, and, and a tendency with these tall defensive linemen is they play high. And um, it's easy for these offense line to get underneath them. So this is going to be good work for Montana. And then, of course, we love – I thought we'd see him earlier. He's big number 55 down at the D-tackle position, John Sloan. I'd like to see him make a big play here. Shotgun from McCandless, 35-0. It is all Summit, and Summit will crank its way. And, oh, what a nice play. And, oh, my gracious, over the defense as Lively – Looked back in the backfield, and Kennard ran right past him and it hit it in the breath basket and went down. I always tell my young receivers when I used to coach them, if that ball is over your head and you're running with the ball, you put your hands in a position where your pinkies are together, not your thumbs. Your pinkies are together so that ball can fall over your shoulder into your hand, and unfortunately right there, Kennard had his thumbs together, and it just hit those hands like steel and dropped on the ground. That, that was a chance for him to make a uh, well, the, biggest, the biggest play of the night, honestly, for Columbia Central. It would have been a 51-yard touchdown pass, and the air was about 30 yards. Unfortunately, it did not work, and McCandless is running for his life. McCandless will go for five yards. It will bring up third and five from the 45 of Summit. Yeah, this was uh, something that I like to see Columbia Central doing at the beginning of this uh, at this half, and now they're doing it. They're widening out the field. They're dropping their guys back, and they're just going to let their receivers try to make plays. But that time, Melton brought a little bit of heat, put that quarterback on uh, some roller skates off to the right-hand side, and it was just a small run instead of a long pass. Austin Gruder's back out for Summit. He's going to play the safety position. And you got Zach Switzer out still for Summit. Third down and a long five. McCandless will roll out right, flip it underneath Biggers. Biggers will try to get it. No, it's a yard. He needed five. Unbelievable, man. They tried to run a little screenplay there. And just, I mean, I, unbelievable in terms of the discipline of Summit's defense. I mean, that was the right play call for Columbia Central. That should have went. And the only reason it didn't is because uh, Summit is disciplined, good coaching, alert screen, and uh, instead of a first down, now they're looking at uh, fourth down. I mean, I don't think Columbia Central planned on not walking away with any points in this game. Well, they have four minutes and 30 seconds to do it. 35 nothing, fourth and four. And here comes McCandless with the bass, or should I say the football. And, whoa, we got a collision on the middle, and it's going to be right at the first down marker as McCandless will get it complete to number 80. Let me look here on the back side here. Evan Sandman. Kid you not, Sandman. <laughs> what a cool name for me. <laughs> Evan Sandman. That either sounds like a heavyweight boxer or, a, you know, a wide receiver for football. But that's good for Columbia Central keeping this drive alive. I mean, this game, it kind of feels like a homecoming type uh, high school game. I mean, it's a beautiful night. The weather could not be more perfect. Off to your left, you got the county fair going. You got your home crowd. And you're down by five touchdowns, and you haven't even scored a touchdown. And you haven't even scored any yet. And, uh, I mean, they got to walk away with something. And incomplete pass, nice coverage by Switzer on Kennard off the left side. It will be second down at 10 
from the 40 of Summit. 35 nothing. Summit leads Columbia. Yes, they do, and that's a big Switzer right there. Football in his blood. He's he's got a motor running on him, on him all night, man. So nice pass deflection right there. Kennard was pretty open, but uh, Switzer came from over the top of the field and batted it down, saved the first down. I just want to know who has the bigger motor, Switzer or King. They're about the same size, and it's they're all over the place. It's so awesome, man. It's it's, it's awesome to watch these kids. It just play nonstop regardless. And look at that blitz coming in. Oh, that's and, and it's a sack, and the ball's on the ground. And I believe who has it? If it's Summit, the sack was made or the fumble. Was that's made. all him. James, huh? That was all him. Yeah, it was, that was his play, man. And Summit's got it. Hey, that was like J.J. Watt high school version. The sophomore, Jamison Finley, number 44, Puts the pressure on, hits the quarterback, strips the ball, and recovers his own fumble. What a great highlight for him. And the student section's going nuts. And what a great way to finish this game for Summit, man. That was awesome. And that's going to do it. 208 left. We're going to stay here because hopefully we can get some stats to you. If not, uh, we do. Uh, we're going to have to kill a little bit of time. I know JP, as I mentioned, coming on at 930, but we'll see uh, if it's earlier. Now, Austin Harvey would be the quarterback and the running back. Oh, wow. Will that's Jamison, the guy that Jameson, recorded the fumble. Give it to him. Who cares? <laughs> yeah, that's when you're after recovering that fumble, running to the sideline. Yeah, I got the ball. And you got Coble saying, stay in. You're going to running back. Okay. And you just keep giving him the workload, man. That's awesome for that sophomore to be able to stay in the game and keep playing, man. What an exciting time to be a young kid at Summit Football. So where do you go from here? Uh, uh, for, for Columbia, Giles County next week, uh, Overton could not play, so they decided to schedule Giles County for Summit. It will be Franklin coming to Summit. Well, for, well I was going to say for both teams, you know, one game – usually shouldn't make or break your season this early on. I said it last week, the games you remember are played in November. So I think Columbia Central is going to chalk this one up. They're going to bounce back. They're going to adjust, and they're going to be still one of the better teams in the region. It could be, but I will tell you, the only games that matter if we still hold serve here would be the region games. That's what the TSSAA says. So this is one of your – region games you're going to play so this will be a heavy blow to uh columbia losing not only at home but you're going to be shut out so does it put them on their heels the rest of the the rest of the season by losing this game at home this early on because you got to remember it it doesn't but but here's here's what happens so if you look at like where we are in the for the region as of last year, the, the clock's going to hit zero. We're going to hope to get Justin Lamb or some stats up here for you. But last year, the, the four teams make it out of the region. They're six in the region. Looked like um, Columbia made it in with two and three in the region. That was five games they played, made the four spots. So you're probably going to have to have a winning record. Maybe not if you want the four spot, just depending on how it falls in the region so is it a blow yeah it could be because if you're saying we you play five you're already in the 
the loss column here. Right. So we'll but, see. I mean, that's how it ended up last year. Columbia two and three, Summit three and two, Shelbyville four and one, Page five and zero. But Wade didn't play either of those games. Right. So that's that's where they stood. And like we mentioned earlier too, one of the big, I guess. Stats we need to look is where the score was going to end up. Summit scores 34 points a game. Scored 35. Summit gives up 20 and a half. Zero. Columbia scores 25. Zero. So Columbia's defense, five points per game. 35. I mean, that's where the numbers right there just tell you where Summit's going to score. Basically, at home, if you're listening, Summit scores exactly what they're supposed to, and Columbia can't, can't score, and, and that's what it comes down to. So uh, we're going to take a quick commercial break. Uh, give us 30 seconds or a minute, and I'll listen, and we'll come back, and we'll get Justin Lamb. I know we got to kill a little bit of time uh, till about 9.15, uh, talking, about, talking about the game, and we'll uh, get the stats and Matt's final thoughts. So you're listening to Summit Spartans Football on TriStar Sports Radio Network. You're listening to Summit Spartans Football on the TriStar Sports Radio Network. Once again, here's Mike Eppley. Thanks, JP. We're live here at Lindsey Nelson Stadium. If you're just tuning in, total domination by the Summit Spartans. Undefeated still in the year 3-0. And they wham, I'm going to use this word, wamboozle <laughs> Columbia at Lindsey Nelson. And just looking um, at some of the uh, – I'll get this text in just a second. But I know we, this game has ended so quickly before the nine-minute, uh, nine, nine o'clock hour. And we'll get um, – I guess we, we want to bring Justin in first and then come back to your thoughts, Matt. Sure. All right, we got Justin, if, unless he can – his phone loads. Uh, he's blaming it on the tractor pull. Are he's saying something? We'll get him on the we'll get him on the air and listen. But I want to go back to the scoring drives. I always do this. Um, Summit six possessions in the first half. Score on three. Wade uh, quarterback draw five yards. Wade touchdown run fourteen zip. Wade three yard uh, TD run twenty one zip. And then as we move to the second half, fast paced game. Both teams have three offensive possessions. Summit scores on two possibly could have scored on the last one we don't know the whistle uh stopped the game but we will say wade ran it in from one yard and dippled actually got in from one yard 35 to zip it was like i said it was total dominance and i'm anxious to see we'll bring justin justin how's it going man good thanks for disparaging my lack of internet come on now i know i know you were uh working very hard but you can't beat the weather tonight it was phenomenal Oh, it was almost autumnal out there, man. It was chilly toward the end a little bit. It could, could have broke out a long sleeve if I wanted to. But, no, it was a good night for football. I mean, Summit did what the second-ranked team in the state's supposed to do. They come in here and dominate uh, on the road and get a region win, a good way to start the, the region season. So give us the stats. I mean, people listening, for Summit fans and supporters, know that those running stats have to be pretty high behind quarterback Wade. Well, they ran for uh, 313 yards. They only had 333 yards of offense. It was kind of a workmanlike effort uh, tonight. They kind of just grinded them out. Destin Wade had 21 carries for 121 yards, four touchdowns. John Dippold, I thought he was really, really good in the backfield. 13 carries, 93 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, Brandon King added eight carries for 86 yards. 
uh, for a pretty balanced rushing attack for Summit uh, tonight. They only completed one of three passes for 20 yards, but they didn't have to. I mean, they were able to dominate on the ground and, and take care of business. Were you a little shocked? And then we're going to kind of go over to, to Columbia's side of the football. Uh, zero points. I know the offense didn't look like a juggernaut in the first two games, but with that being said, zero. Uh, when I think where Jason Hoth is going to look and say, this is where I want this program to be, right? This is where I want to be. And, unfortunately, you put up zero uh, with, with a lot of momentum coming into this game. It's kind of like the Tennessee-Florida game. You know, it was always played early, and you felt as a Tennessee fan, this is the gauge where it is. And I think that's where Jason Hoth can look as the coach. And I just want to get your thoughts. You've been on the Columbia side of it. You're on the Summit side of it as well. And so what your thoughts were tonight's game? Well, I think the key tonight, really, really for some of us that are able to hold them down inside. The, you know, they let Columbia move 20 to 20. But when it got down to crunch time where they needed to make a stop, they were able to make a stop. Columbia just couldn't make any plays when they had to. had some key turnovers. And, and Summit's defense stepped up, played better against the pass tonight. Than they did in the first two games. I thought, you know, I gave up some big plays, uh, obviously against Independence. Gave up one big play against Spring Hill. Uh, held McCandless, who I thought looked pretty good back there in the back uh, at quarterback, uh, 13 to 22, 115 yards. But the key was two interceptions. And they were two important interceptions by the Summit defense, who I thought really flew to the football tonight. Really were aggressive in pass defense. Uh, Kennard had a pretty good game, but really nobody else was able to get going for Columbia, and that was that was huge for Summit to, to bottle up those kids. You're listening to Justin Lamb. Justin, give us the stats for uh, Columbia tonight. So Columbia finished with 128 yards of offense. They had 112 yards passing, 14 yards rushing. I mean, I think oh. that's something obviously they don't like. We talked about McCandless, 13 to 22, 115 yards with the two interceptions. Uh, Christian Biggers had 10 carries for 42 yards. Now, those rushing stats are a little bit misleading because McCandless got sacked a lot, so he ended up with minus 28 yards rushing. So that sort of – they they, you know, they ran for probably 42 yards really can't, because McCandless didn't really have any organ, uh, design runs. Those yards were all comes off of sacks. And you know moving forward, we talked about Franklin, but the next opponent will be Overton. I know you're heavily involved with the, the school and the scheduling. What have you heard right now where, where we stand with Overton? Uh, I mean, obviously we got Franklin next week at home. Sure. So that's a you know that's a big game, good county game. Overton as of right now, Metro Nashville schools are not allowed to play. That could change any day. I know they've discussed maybe coming back. Might be a situation where that game gets bagged on the 18th. You have an open date uh, in between the Shelbyville game on uh, be October 23rd. You've got that open date now. You maybe could add somebody because you don't know what schools are going to get affected by COVID between now and then. You know, you got Dixon County missed their game this week with Brentwood. They're missing next week because they're playing McGavick. So could be a situation where in week nine there might be somebody looking for a game. Uh, but honestly, as nicked up and beat up as Summit is right now, I don't know what's the end of the world as you got an open date coming up after this Franklin game. Yeah, and I don't know if you would schedule it in the bye week either. I don't know if you would want to play. You would have potentially Only if you Keaton want to get Keaton some, some more reps there in week nine. But I, honestly, there's no benefit, honestly, to play that game. You want to go in healthy to the playoffs. Shovel's going to be the big game in Lincoln County's down. I mean, at that point, if Summit, if Summit takes care of business, they ought to be sitting, I mean, let's be honest, they ought to be sitting 8-0 going into that last week, and that game won't mean anything. We thought we were going to have to play the top two teams and uh, when the schedule was released to play September 18th, but now they've backed it up. It looks like it's going to be the top four from each region, right. like, we've, like we've seen it in the past. Yeah, I think we're, it's more important to go in healthy than – I mean, they should be sitting pretty. I think Columbia – I mean, I don't know what happened in the Shovel Page game. I haven't seen the score. I don't know if that's – those are the two teams that will be buying, along with Columbia, for that second seed in the, in the region. 
Well, Justin, appreciate it. Yeah, man. The stat man himself, Justin Lamb. We're going to take a commercial break. When we come back, we got about 15 good minutes with Matt Rogers to talk about what he thinks is next for Summit. The game ends 35-0. to zero. You are listening to Summit Spartans Football on TriStar Sports Radio Network. This is Summit Spartans Football on the TriStar Sports Radio Network. Welcome back in. Post game here at Lindsey Nelson Stadium. Mike Epley, Matt Rogers, Justin Lamb, kind enough to help us out with the stats as well. And as it's uh, mentioned, if you're just tuning in on 101.7, we appreciate it. TriStarSportsRadio.com, we appreciate it. Either way, um, it wasn't a game. Uh, Columbia just could not get the points that needed to uh, compete with Summit. It's, it's, it was all Wade. It was a Wade show um, that Dippold played running back. He brought Switzer in at running back. He brought Cotton in at running back. He's You saw King at running back. He just they deployed a lot. And I say he is Coach Coleman calls the plays. So they were just trying to find someone. As we mentioned through the first two games, it's been Wade, but really the back has not been able to produce the yardage that I believe was Coach Coleman's accustomed to and where he wants it to be. So I think still, and I could be totally wrong, Justin's joining us too uh, as we wait for Matt Rogers to return. But I believe he's really looking running back by committee, but he wants to plug someone in there. I know injuries factor into this, but also he's wanting to look at a stat line where it's six, seven yards a carry, not, not just Destin Wade. Well, I think he got what he wanted to tonight out of both yeah. Dippold and Brandon King. I mean, obviously Cotton got nicked up there early. He was he ran the ball well two or three times before he hurt his – I don't know if it was his foot or his ankle. It was hard to tell. But getting that production, two guys that almost ran for 100 yards and Dippold and King, that's exactly what he's looking for to make you have to pay attention to other guys so that Destin Wade can have a little more freedom. And you saw when he had to have yards, Destin Wade's who got the yards, got the big yards down, uh, some touchdown runs obviously ended up with four touchdowns. He gets the hard yards. If you can kind of limit his wear and tear by letting Dippold and King get those carries, get those hard yard carries, get those grinder 20 to 20 yards, you know, between the 20s and let, and let Wade clean it up at the end, I think that's that suits yourself pretty good for Summit. And plus, the best part is, you know, after last week where Destin threw the ball almost exclusively and didn't really run much. Now, t- this week he ran the ball a lot, didn't really throw the ball a lot. you got to prepare for everything now going into next week. Franklin will have to be ready for anything that uh, Summit could throw on him because they've shown – they can beat you through the air, and they can beat you on the ground. Yeah, and defensively, we mentioned a lot of players out too, and uh, we actually used a couple as Dippold moved out of safety. Aiden Bird comes in. Pierce was not out there. Uh, Austin Gruders played well at safety. You did get Wirtz back at corner. Cotton was on the other side. That's good. You didn't have Feltz to go to to fall back. Gritty guy. Um, Coach Campbell really likes – you did get Jolly as well out there. So he used a lot of these players that look like tonight, though, with the injuries happening to put all these guys on defense because I know he told me that you're going to see Caleb Jolly just got cleared. He will not play on offense. Yep. I mean, just trying to nurse them back to health. You know, you, you know, it's early in the year still. While this was an important region game, once you got that big lead, you really have to press anybody. You really don't have to put anybody in a spot that you didn't want to. You're able to – 
to come down here, set the tempo, set the tone, and send a message to the region. You know, with a 35 nothing win like this, that's, that's, that's a big step. Nobody got, you know, for the most part, leaving this game pretty healthy, which after the last two weeks is important. I thought Gavin Wells and Jacob Turner played well, the two guys in the middle uh, is for Summit, and also Maddox Reed, uh, sideline to sideline, played well. Jolly played well. And then you get the wild man, Mason Richardson, uh, who looks Big like that? Who looks like the '80s hair? You know, bringing back Brett Michaels, Sammy Hagar, baby. Sammy Hagar, that's even yeah, that's good. The Red Rooster, the Red Rooster, yeah, the Red Rooster. But some of these guys are getting getting a lot of playing time. We saw Montana, six foot, a thousand stands and basketball player. He's getting a lot of minutes out there on the defensive line. But you cannot ever have too many defensive and offensive linemen. Absolutely not. No. <laughs> Absolutely not. you got to get those guys in the trenches. got to have a lot of depth, especially tonight. Even though the temperatures were cooler, you still saw some guys cramping up. It was still – there was some humidity. Obviously, the ground's pretty wet now from the humidity in the, in the air, even though the temperatures outside were a lot cooler. You've been around the program. People listening maybe for their first year on 101.7. The best player's not out there. He hasn't been. He's been hurt. Um, what what can you tell us he can, he will do or he's able to do what you've seen of Keaton Wade in the in the previous year that you could say this is what Summit's getting when he gets back on the field because we won't see him until seventh or eighth week of the season. I mean, I honestly think Keaton's biggest asset to this team is his his play on the defense. He's a captain out there on the field, makes the big tackles, not going to break off the the big runs. He's going to be the guy who cleans it all up, the guy who, who seems to have a knack to make the big plays when you have to. Uh, offensively, obviously, he provides a big spark. He's another dude that can catch the ball out of the backfield, a big target, a guy that runs the ball hard, is explosive like his brother. Uh, he, but just his leadership on defense, I think. And they've made up for it tonight. Tonight was a tremendous effort defensively. But that's where you'll see him have the biggest impact on this team is on the defensive side of the ball. But why is he the second or third best player in the junior class? I mean, leadership is one thing, too, but is he – is he not blockable? I mean, is, 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 is can he penetrate anytime he wants, or what? What? Why that level of where he's been recruited? I mean, besides it, size, I mean that's one part of it. Instinct and athleticism. Okay, things yeah. you can't teach. I mean, he's a, he knows yep. how to play football, and I mean you can see him play. He's a freak show athlete. I mean, yep. that's what they want. A kid that's explosive, is smart, knows how to be. Is not just a kid that plays football. Is a football player. Knows what he's doing on the field. Knows how to make plays. Has a knack for being in the right time, right spot at the right time. He's everything you want a football player. How lucky do you think are we? Then you're listening to Justin Lamb, and we'll bring Matt back on. We got a commercial break coming up in two minutes, and then Matt's going to take us down the stretch. No pun intended. The Kentucky Derby's tomorrow, but um, COVID's not been a factor so far. I mean, yeah, knock on wood. I mean, do do you see it still playing out like this? I know it's hard to tell. I mean, and that could be. We always talk about it in the pregame because that might be the deciding factor for the football season. Well, I think what I told you the first time we ever spoke on the radio about this season was yep. every game you get is one more than you thought yep. you were going to get a month ago. So I think you cherish every Friday night you get out here. Love the fact that the kid, you know, you see the kids in the student section, how much joy they have being together. The guys on the football field, listen to them interact. All these moments that, you know, for the spring sports kids got taken away and in Metro Nashville kids got taken away. For me, any game they play, anytime they get to experience this, Friday night lights, this atmosphere is a gift and something you should cherish and let the play, let the rest of the games play out how they play out. I I don't get caught up in worrying about are we going to play next week or not. But we darn sure got to play tonight, and it was worth it. 
Yeah, Matt mentioned you 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 kind of forget COVID for a minute as you look out yeah. and you see the fans. I know it's not full to capacity. That may two thousand, I think, is what they said they're oh, going to have tonight. So that's the number, but you do see a lot of students here. You see the parents, the supporters of Summit across Lindsey Nelson Stadium. You see uh, Columbia come out. You hear the tractor pull. Man, you could really hear the tractor pull in the third and fourth quarter. They're revving that thing up like crazy. I know. You, I mean, you could hear it in here, and it's, it's like one of those things. Like You just know the atmosphere's here. Um, the, the fair's going, and Oof. a lot of people thought, well, that, that's a different story world football, but – Shouldn't be doing it because Tennessee Fair is not there for whatever being. But I think you just pull back and you say, like you said, it's a Friday night and it's seven. It was awesome to be out here. Yep. Seventy degrees and we're able to play this game. So got a big win, set the tone for the region. Yep. Well, Justin, I appreciate it. We're yes, going to take our final commercial break, and when we come back, we got about five good minutes with Matt Rogers to sign off here at Lindsey Nelson. You are listening to Summit Spartans Football on TriStar Sports Radio Network. You're listening to Summit Spartans Football on the TriStar Sports Radio Network. Once again, here's Mike Epley. Welcome back. As we wind down here, we appreciate everyone on your drive home or if you're just sitting on the couch or chair, recliner, whichever way you choose to hear the broadcast. We appreciate it as we're going to sign off here for about three uh, good minutes as the game ended so short, uh, shortly here at uh, Lindsey Nelson Stadium, running clock in the fourth quarter. And I'll kind of turn it over to you, bring Matt Rogers back in. Matt, 35-0, total domination. You can start with the defense or the offense first and kind of pull everything together for us. What are your thoughts on the game? Yeah, I'll start with the defense. I, Melton, if I was in the locker room right now, I, I guarantee you, man, it is hugs and high fives, not just because of the shutout and not just because of the win, but because of the way those guys played, man, you had these young kids flying around the field, motors running, making plays, Jolly stepping up huge with a small injury, a little tweak in his leg, and he's flying around making big plays. They had two huge interceptions, which literally changed the momentum of the game. And then you got your young guys. You had Mason Richardson, man. We, you know, we call him the, the hair out to there. He looks like a Greek god with a helmet on, and he's making big plays as a junior, and he didn't get a lot of run last year. So for your young guys to be stepping up and making your defense exciting and shutting people down, uh, I don't know the exact stat, but I'm, it's somewhere around one score in the last 19 drives that the Summit defense uh, has given up. And, and that's absolutely huge. And, and to argue, the one drive that they did give up, I mean, let's really break this down. The one drive that they, give, that they did give up last week was just on a broken tackle big play against Spring Hill. And then if you go forward before that, they're down by 16. Their defense was basically in a coma the first half against Indy. And then the light went on. Melton got after them. And then they completely shut Indy down in the second half, holding them to one touchdown. I mean, this defense is on fire right now. So Melton, Coleman, they got to be feeling good about defense. Now going over to offense, I mean, listen, you, I don't mean you can't hammer it home enough. You got Destin Wade. Here's what – and the guy can do anything on the, on the football field on offense. He can run. He's got a quick release and pass. And not a lot of people talk about that. I've been watching this kid in practice, and 
he has a really quick release. I mean, typically with these big run style quarterbacks, you're like, well, he's a great runner, but yeah, he's you know not that great passing. You can't say that about Wade. He's tall. He sees the field. He's comfortable, but he's got a quick release, and that's what these college quarterbacks are, or these college coaches are going to look for in a quarterback is if they have that quick release, and he does. Here's the challenge with the passing game with Summit. The offensive line has to get better pass blocking. They are phenomenal run blocking. I mean, it's like Tiger Woods with a golf swing. It's just pure. It's clean. I said earlier in the broadcast tonight it looked like ocean waves crashing in in uh, like a systematic just flow. That's how the offensive line looks in the run game. Now, in the pass game, it's not the same story. They're getting off the ball late. They don't look comfortable. They're playing high, and these uh, these smaller, quicker guys are getting underneath them and just driving them off the ball. It's putting pressure on Wade. He can't get comfortable. He can't use his quick release, and he can't throw downfield, and that's going to come into play down the road, especially when you face teams like Shelbyville that have way better offenses than Columbia Central, and you're going to be in a tight game, you're going to have to throw the football, and they're going to have to do a better job doing that. And lastly, I'll say this, moving forward, you can't take, if you're Summit, you can't take any days for granted. Mm. Every single person you know, with a pulse right now knows that if you are alive in 2020, you know that you do not know what tomorrow is going to hold. So, uh, you know, just from the way this year started to what we've all been going through over the past seven months, I mean, you can't take any day for granted, and that's the message that these coaches have to send to their kids at Summit. Listen, yeah, we're exciting. We're 3-0. and we got a great team. But don't take it for granted, right? Count your blessings every single day. Wake up with a pep in your step. Wake up excited that, you know, the, the very evidence that you have breath in your lungs today is, is proof that we're not done with what we got to do. So you wake up every day, you stay motivated, you stay hungry, and you get after it because all pieces are in place for Summit to make another state title run, and it's exciting to be a Spartan. One stat given to me, uh, Columbia, it's been a while since the shutouts happened. 49-0 lost to Stewart's Creek back in 2016. And that's when the Lions went 0-10 uh, and 10, uh, for the season. The first shutout, Lindsey Nelson, since September 19, 2015 in a 17-0 loss at home to Lincoln County. So that's big. It's always tough there. So, uh, But once again, Col- uh, Columbia had the shots. Columbia drove the ball. Uh, some penalties um, derailed a lot of the, uh, the some of the drives off the start and then Wade just kept coming and kept coming and kept coming and once again we've talked about him for uh, a long time and will do so we'll see so uh, I want to say thanks for tuning in and to Summit Spartans football on TriStar Sports Radio Network where your final score is 35 zip Summit defeats Columbia. Tune in next week as the Spartans take on the Franklin Rebels right here on 101.7 WKOM and TriStar Sports Radio. Coming up next, TriStar Friday Night Live with J.P. Plant and Coach Mike with the scores all across southern middle Tennessee. For Matt Rogers, I'm Mike Epley saying good night from Lindsey Nelson. This has been a presentation of the TriStar Sports Radio Network, a front porch radio production. Summit Spartans football on the TriStar Sports Radio Network is brought to you in part by the Garbage Man. 
Parks Motor Sales, Ten Pin Alley, Sands Fence Company, DB's Pizza, Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram, Game Time, Right Care Clinic, Columbia and Franklin Kubota, Beck Dental Care, Holland's Pharmacy, Quickmark Convenience Stores, Brown's Body Shop, Davis Heating and Cooling, Apex Bank, and by Jimmy Petty and NashvillePlace.com.